Wake up, gamers, because you're listening to the Big Think Dimension with Dan and Bob Video Games. When I say hot dog, you say Game Pass. Hot dog. Game Pass. Hot dog. Game Pass. Chris Wolfhard. Did you know Japan owns Nintendo? And Dr. Agro. Be careful. The enemy stand seller could be anywhere. Here on Gigaboots. Bob, I started the podcast, uh-huh. but unfortunately, I rewound time until before I hit the record button, and then yet further to last week. No, <laughs> we have to play Braid again. No, I don't <laughs> want no, to play you have to Intel go- Manifesto again. <laughs> uh, that that's insane. I didn't. I didn't expect the. First thing in that game to be the incel manifesto and end with, why can't we all just learn to forgive when I hit you? Oh my God. We both learned that me hitting you was wrong. So can I not benefit from regretting that I hit you and we pretend it never happened? Oh my God. Is that is that what's in that game? Is Braid the reason every overdesigned puzzle game has to shove in some shitty breakup story? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I in no like it's like it's like the fucking Bioshock thing, except even more egregious, where the foreshadowing room is ten minutes before the twist in Bioshock in, in Bioshock. Mm-hmm. In this day, you get the incel manifesto, and then at the end, I'm supposed to be surprised. Oh, the princess was actually running from you. You're a stalker. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) This this was the guy we decided was the face of indie gaming for almost a decade? Yeah. Look, he got a dimming. You got to speak the language of 7th Gen Game Journalists. And if there's there's a language they understand. Apparently, they're all incels. Great. May or may not have hit their significant others. It is very bizarre how, like, the further we get out from 7th Gen, you can look at the, the suite of game journalists at the time and be like, oh, you were all so fucking crazy like you were it was all these white nerd dudes who pontificated about how nasty the dude bros were while themselves being weird incel dude bros it's insane yeah no the pro- it, project projection has never been harder they're they're literally <laughs> that game it wouldn't have changed the tone or any of it at all if there was a whole fucking set of paragraphs, six books in a row where he goes, <laughs> I wish she would just be rational about it. <laughs> She's being so emotional. I said I took it back and I was sorry. It is nuts. That game is nuts. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, and I, I really think this is worth getting into. Uh, I think it's a shitty puzzle game. I genuinely don't like sure the mechanics are in and of themselves deterministic, but I don't view them as wholly self-consistent. There's some really weird shit around you've rewound. So of course it appeared here and then earlier appeared there. However, different versions of rewinding will interact differently with objects you carried and did other things with in one level, most levels you'll use a button to rewind time. However, there's a world or two where moving to the left rewinds time. And I feel like between these two different modes of rewinding time, things work differently enough to just drive me insane. Yeah, it being mixed with 
a really bad feeling platformer does not help it because it no. asks you to do precision platforming in this platform that feels bad while you're trying to deal with puzzle mechanics that don't make 100% sense. Now, the funny thing is, I know one of those times we did the precision platforming in as much as you can do it in the game Braid. Yes. There was a solution there that was the one... There's one puzzle in the entire game that requires you to know a mechanic. Mm-hmm. So we hit this puzzle all the way at the end of the game, and we were able to get all the other pieces through precision platforming in as much as you can do it in Braid. And we sit there, and it takes us staring at this screen space. And I believe it took us maybe four minutes. And it's, I think, even the last piece in the entire game because you have to 100% the game to get an ending. Yeah, yeah, you don't get any ending. The game just sort of stops. Like, there's no final dialogue even. And then I go, well, when the hideous Goombas jump on your head, do they bounce? And then we had to rewind time and let our shadow us get bounced on. And then we bounced off of that Goomba that bounced on us. And it was like, oh, okay. This is literally the only puzzle piece in the entire game that required that knowledge. I, I, at the time, I saw a lot of people calling it a, a flash game. And was and at the time I was like, well, that's kind of shitty. I'm sure it's a real game. No, it's not. Well, the funny thing is, like, you call it a flash game to demean it is generally how people intend that. And I'm like, no, I don't even mean it that way. I mean, like, this in terms of complexity and pretentiousness mm-hmm. is a flash game. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's their service to flash games. Mm-hmm. Because there are really cool ones. Yeah. And usually the art isn't this bad. This right. is some of the worst game art I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, the, the we said it, and then chat members would slowly come in and say, it, as the stream went, that it genuinely looks like when you tell an AI to make a video for you now. Yes. Mm. Yeah. The backgrounds all have that energy to it. It's genuinely terrible. Um, so you have a game that's absolutely hideous, that controls like dog shit, that has what I view as absolutely terrible puzzle game mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I'm generally someone who really likes the sort of portal and other puzzle games like that, not the versus or competitive high-speed Tetris-like puzzle games. I enjoy those types of mechanics and find them interesting when you peel back a layer and find a new thing out. Yeah, Because those are generally, in a way that I think is completely absent here, evolutionarily self-consistent. This doesn't have that. I feel like there are layers of this that don't really feed into other elements of it. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of times they'll just introduce a mechanic for one set of levels and it's gone. Oh, uh, yeah. Too, like, that, that too. Like it just doesn't have strong ideas for what the puzzle mechanics are. Right. It does just go, this is the one for this world. But I'm not even talking about that. I don't think it's self-consistent logically. No, it's not. To me, it doesn't feel like that uh, in the way that most others do. Uh Braid's terrible. What the fuck was with all these people gassing this game up? Like, if it, it, if this was just a game that launched, it would be fine. But we got a whole indie game, the movie, about the brilliant, misunderstood mind behind it who was tortured by the fact that the, even the people who liked the game didn't like it for the right reasons. Also, let, let's be real. If you're a documentarian filmmaker and you go and find the... 
you go and find the artist who's Googling his own name and commenting on every blog on the internet, telling them how they're wrong about his game. Maybe, maybe don't give them attention. Maybe that's, that's bad. Yeah, that's probably bad. They're, they're probably the, a fucking psychopath. The guy who's uh, specifically wrote his own Wikipedia article. Where it, it describes uh, his terrible software language that he tried to produce and then failed. Uh, it it described him as being uniquely qualified to produce a new programming language to move the world forward. Or some shit like that. What? It was so transparently, I wrote it. So, here's my concern. Agro, I am under the impression that there's no way the witness is bad in the way that this is bad. Can you confirm or deny having played the witness? Yeah, no, the the witness is good. The 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 puzzles are neat. I mean, okay. it, it can't it's a it's a first person slow walk puzzle game. There's there's not a floor low enough for it to have terrible control. Yeah, Bob was even <laughs> making that assessment during break. He's um, like, yeah, it's a game where you walk around, look at things that interface with it. Obviously, it's not a platformer, so there's a whole uh, axis. I'm I'm worried. What, we're, when, we're about when when we get to what I played, you're gonna find out how low the floor on controls <laughs> bad can fucking go. <laughs> oh god. Great. Uh. But that's all I wanted to say about Braid. Um, the, okay, the, 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 the game feels bad. The puzzle design, I feel, is not self-consistent, so it just sucks. And the story, we covered. Yeah. We covered, and then at the end, it's like, she was a nuke, I guess. And I'm like, that's that doesn't... Yeah. That, okay, Shyamalan, like, good all, job. All and then everyone in the fucking industry is like, oh! Everything I ever heard about Braid was, oh, it has this twist at the end where it's actually a nuclear bomb. And it's like, that wasn't led into at all and doesn't match up what? with any of your incel ranting. Oh, yeah. So the nuclear bomb was running from you because you struck it? Apparently. To be clear, the energy of the uh, I said I was sorry, so let's pretend we didn't do it or else you're being an irrational, emotional bitch doesn't necessarily imply physical abuse. Okay. Um, Just some level of abuse. Like I, as you're aware, I haven't played Braid, but I have played The Witness. So let me uh, posit this to you. Are you sure he's not just fucking with you? That the entire game is intentionally disingenuous. Uh, no, considering if you go look at his Twitter account and see how many questions he's ask asking about vaccination and immigration. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he... It would be so much easier to beat these allegations if we didn't have an entire documentary letting him present himself, his Twitter account, him... It, Doing numerous GDC panels and things being like, let me explain how I'm making a language that's so good. Let me explain. I'm if you, I'm, if you can't uh, if you can't go look at people who worked for the company Thecla, the studio that made the witness, and see how many started to leave around the time COVID denialism began. Mm. And then found out that seemingly Braid Remaster, the thing that was announced a couple of years ago, has been canceled because Braid has alienated everyone he's ever spoken to. Not Braid, Blow. I, his name's <laughs> Braid now. His name's Jonathan Braid now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Rebecca Edge Runners, Jonathan Braid. I'm glad that Jonathan Blow has been reduced to a fictional character. <laughs> that makes the world a safer place. Just, uh, just, just take just take the main character of Braid and shave his head 
and now it's now it's now it's Jonathan yeah. Bray. Yeah, he talks exactly like Bray. Flo does. I almost said like Bray does. Oh my god, it's already happening. He's disappearing. <laughs> He's gonna look at his hand and it will be transparent. He's like, what the fuck? Uh but that's it. I'm done talking. You can no, say whatever. I'm good. I don't have anything else to say about Braid, a game that we should all forget about. Yeah. I didn't expect it would be this bad. I I assume the witness doesn't have any insane incel rants. Any incel manifestos? <laughs> yeah. I know there's a secret ending that just has a picture of him naked in it. Uh, oh, whoa. It's... Yeah, I don't know how you get it, but I remember that when it came out. He's like, yeah, yeah, I did that. It's in there. It's very smart. Okay. <laughs> so we're moving on. Uh-huh. Um, as you may recall from Big Think last week or the stream last Friday, Bob and I are sick, so we basically took the whole week off from streaming. We just did Friday, and then nothing else, because we wanted to get better. It's going pretty well for me. How's it going over there? It's going pretty good. Yeah. There I was, wish it were going better, but... There's you know. those couple of days where I was trying to correct my sleep schedule, and it went terribly. Yeah. That was horrible. I was, like, decomposing, and I'm like, uh, it's okay, though. This time, when I don't sleep a full night's rest, my sleep schedule will shift forward, and... I won't fucking have to cancel another recording session for a podcast. Uh-huh. Well, the podcast got recorded. Right? <laughs> now it's up to you to find out which podcast we're talking about. Um, But then I just spent the next, like, all the time since that recording session to right now just not being on a diet. Because... That was also impeding it somewhat. Yeah. Not exerting myself and sleeping as much as possible. And it really did wonders. So the, the important lesson here, sleep, motherfucker, it's important, especially if you're sick. Bob, I would simply, I would simply sleep 12 hours. Have you tried that? <laughs> I, I'd like to try that. Yeah. Bob, I hear all these excuses from you. I'm an insomniac. I'm an insomniac. And I'm an insomniac. You you trot out these three reasons you can't sleep 12 hours all the time. And that's just quitter talk. <laughs> like, I've never seen Bob produce a single Spider-Man or Ratchet and Clank game. Right? <laughs> Fuck have it. you ever considered have you ever considered taking like four sleeping pills? <laughs> <laughs> If Bob wakes up from four sleeping pills, I don't want to be there when it happens. Because hey. I'm curious. He'll be like a 1950s like sci-fi monster where he'll be glowing and transparent. <laughs> hey, a friend I had in high school proved you can take an entire package of them and still wake up. <laughs> just, just, just 18 hours later for 10 minutes and then 18 hours later for 10 minutes and then 18 hours later and now you're over it. I uh, I actually and your parents I like, send you to a mental ward. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember if I had heard this story before, and it was no. It was actually an inverse story told by my brother in uh, I believe it was basic training. Oh my god! He had a dude in his squad who was taking caffeine pills to stay awake for tech school, and it just did not work. So he took so many. He's like shaking and shit while passed out on his desk. <laughs> oh my god! And the fucking teacher's yeah. just like, oh my god. <laughs> This poor bastard. I, now, was he just running himself so ragged caffeine couldn't do anything? 
Or does he have ADHD where caffeine makes you fall asleep? We'll never know. Right? We'll never know what, what that man's deal was. It's just the pitiful foaming at the mouth creature that's passed out <laughs> while taking caffeine pills. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so yeah, Braid was, we got that off our list. We never have to talk about or think about or play that game ever again. But now it just makes me more curious about the witness. It does. Unfortunately. But I didn't touch the witness. I did, however, spend over 32 hours, I think, playing Silent Hope. Nice. For people who don't remember, Silent Hope is the game I talked about last Thursday. It is a uh, sort of dungeon crawler hack and slash, an isometric view with 3D graphics, sort of going for a Diablo light, except for there's no overworld. You just go into the dungeon and go further and further down. It's an RPG, action RPG. It's very delightful. There are seven different characters you can play as, and uh, they all have very different skills and uh, different move sets. The combos are like two to four hits long. You just hold the button and your character will do the full combo. You get three skills. They have cooldowns. There's no MP. Uh, let me tell you the cool thing about this game. I, I said some cool stuff last week. Oh, yeah, and I, I should throw this out there because it is a huge appeal to some. Uh, it's made by the Story of Seasons original Harvest Moon people, so they have the cow, and you can pet the cow. Does the cow become more important at any point, or is it just always sitting in town? Well, to me, emotionally. <laughs> I don't know how the cow could become more important. But... Right? Well, maybe, right? You could, maybe you could summon the cow in the dungeon or something. I don't know. It's a fucking Knights of the Round Summit as the cow just spins and floats <laughs> yes. around CG cutscene. Um, so, with that out of the way, let's talk about the really cool stuff with this game. You know, uh, when you play an RPG, mm -hmm. you often get attributes that either add a set amount of points to a different stat or thing, or they add a percent. Now, cowards, <clears throat> criminals, cowards, spineless cretins, they do experience percentage gains. However, this game's very smart. Its equipment adds flat rate experience points gains. Meaning, when you hit like level 40 and you've basically beaten the game with one of your characters, but you have another character you're interested in there at level one, you just stack enough equipment to add 70 additional experience points for every kill and give that motherfucker a strong as hell weapon and it just burns all the way up to that same level within three hours. It is so good. It is unbelievable. You just hit the first enemy in the game and gain four levels. The first thing you do. It is amazing. That is such a good loop. Every game should have a loop that good. Yeah, when you tell me about being flat rates, I was like, that sounds like it might not pay off. But it sounds like, no, it oh, no, fact it, does. It very much pays off. Uh, I took my fourth character I tried, the Double Knives character. Mm -hmm. Their second class they unlock is like a ninja-style thing. And it has a skill where it will appear... It gets so neato. It <laughs> appears behind the enemy and does two hits with an insanely high amount of damage. Now, this is cool enough. However, if you kill with that move, instant cooldown refresh on the move. So burning that character up to level 40 was me going through 
floor after floor, one hit killing every enemy <laughs> and appearing behind them. Non-stop! Amazing video game. Every video game should be feel that amazing to bring your next character up to this insane level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as I speculated, you know, last week, there are in fact two difficulties higher than the starting difficulty. And once you sort of beat the game, you unlock those higher difficulties and the post game, and you can choose whichever to do to level up. As I understand it, the post game is harder than the, uh, higher difficulties, but I actually haven't fucked around with the higher difficulties yet. Okay. I just did the post game and fully leveled my fourth character. Um, that game's cool. I love that game. That's a great time. That is a highly addictive, highly enjoyable video game. Uh, its only shortcomings as a game are definitely just budget, which is very forgivable when it's only $40 on Steam. And for launch week, and it may still be going, I don't know, uh, there was a 10% discount. So it was a $36 game. Mm -hmm. That is extremely forgivable as a shortcoming. Because you'll, you know, it's one of these dungeon crawlers, so procedurally generated, but you see the pieces of rooms a lot. Yeah. There could be more variety there. Um, the song for some of the, like, I think it's the last world of the normal game, not the post game, could have better music. I feel like the last two worlds of that kind of have the worst songs of the whole game, which is unfortunate because you're going to spend more time there than you spent, you know, in the first few or the post game. Possibly. Yeah, it, it, also, you'd think like the last stage at least would have a good song. Like. Well, technically, the last stage does. OK, great. Which is in the post game. Of course. Uh, it has a neat story. I would love to talk about it, but I can't. As as much as the story isn't like a reason to play this game is still an enjoyable aspect of this game. And I have things to say about it, which I will during game of the year. <laughs> um, and I will not say anything any sooner. Silent hope is a really cool game and I have to do everything in my power to not spend another 30 hours with it. <laughs> uh, because there are multiple characters I haven't played like the archer who I hear is really good. Cool. And the farmer who I hear is not, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also main character man with his buckler and sword. I didn't use him once, which is funny because since I got it on launch week uh, on Steam, uh, they gave me like a legendary tier weapon for him. They're like, here you go. This is your reward. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not using him. Yeah, look at Why, it. Why'd you fucking give that to me? <laughs> Motherfucker, you have a bitch who wields a great axe over there. Why the fuck would I play as him? She's awesome, by the way. She's got she's got red hair and she's really cool and she becomes a paladin. Mm -hmm. And then and then and then and then the third class you get by doing post game stuff, she becomes really strong as a character design. <laughs> this is a pretty good game. You should check it out. It's also on the Switch. Uh you get the Switch version, you get all those. You know, the marvelous people, they do pretty good with the story season games and other stuff, packing a lot of really neat doodads mm -hmm. with the Switch versions. And this one also comes with that. You know, you get an art book and some other stuff. Do you get a cow? Or no. any other? No, okay. no, you don't okay. get a cow. No cow. I, don't, I don't know what other physical good, good you get. Uh, I got that version for Tosh. Mm -hmm. um, as far as I can tell, that game runs fine on Switch. It is, however, 30 frames per second instead of 800. <laughs> Why even bother playing if it right, can't be exactly. per second? This is this is garbage and worthless. Um That game's great. I love that game. That is super obviously on my game of the year list, and I highly recommend it. 
Hey, Bob. Hey. What's up? Were there any fests in the last week? I I was going to address that last. Okay. Because I did some other stuff other than the Steam you next had, fest. You, you have some non-festering what you've been playing? Yes. Um, the reason I didn't get Silent Hope, Disgaea 7 came out the same day, basically. Yeah, we both did the same thing where you're looking across the room to me playing Silent Hope and being like, man, I wish that didn't come out at the same time. I would play it. And then I'm looking across the room to you playing Disgaea 7 and being like, man, I wish that didn't come out at the same time. I wouldn't be playing it. For people that know Disgaea games, <laughs> scratch a very similar itch of I want to level up the character and give you a bunch of ways to do that. Uh, so it's a pretty Except similar... This guy is sick, which is broken and bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also they sold it for $70 a year after it came out on Switch, which seemingly bombed so bad, it scared Nisa away from $70 forever. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with that. They, they bundled in the DLC, but obviously that's not good enough. <laughs> Whereas this one's like, you want to buy a season pass, it's $40 or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, I, I don't remember exactly what the price was. I just remember being like, whoa, that's way too much. Mm -hmm. That's for the absolute freaks. Um, Real quick, I want to throw this out there because Chad pointed out, and I forgot to mention it. I mentioned it last week, but didn't mention it at the end of my Silent Hope segment. There is a demo. Oh, yes. Go try the demo on Steam or on the Switch. Anyways, there's also this guy 7 demo, so you can try that out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, that's dangerous, Bob. <laughs> Bob, I have to go play Star Wars and... Well, I'm saving Starfield for when I move. I So I'm giving Starfield the absolute best benefit possible. I'm going to escape my terrible living situation, get to move to a new town with all this delicious food around me, and I'm going to do nothing but try Starfield in this vacated chamber of distractions. <laughs> and I'll still probably not jive with it because it's a Bethesda game, and I'll just get bored after a certain amount of time. But maybe... Yeah, I... I didn't mention talk about Starfield much on the channel, but that is, I find it to be the most boring experience I've had with any Western RPG. They didn't which, give you boots to make you jump so high you kill yourself. No, oh, I mean I, I agree. Like I, it it had didn't have any of the, the Bethesda juice I normally get. I bounced off it instantly. See, that's funny because Agro beat it, right? You did, you did beat it completely, right, Agro? Yeah, I did. Okay, okay. I was like, I didn't, I didn't imagine that in my... In yeah, that, that, that's not the part of these games I like. I like to wander around and be a murder hobo and see the little, the little environments they made. But, but in this, it's just, well, well it's, it's all procedurally generated. So there's a lot less of... You can't find that stuff by wandering. It has to be drip-fed to you. And I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. But I'm excited to try, try out Starfield after I move. Yeah. That's that's gonna be great. So um, I can't try the Disgaea Seven demo. It may destroy me. <laughs> well, Disgaea Seven's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm liking it a lot. The the characters that I mentioned last time I talked about this are, are a lot of fun. Um, and now I've actually been able to play enough to it to uh, see the mechanics and how things have changed. Mm -hmm. Weirdly, this is the first Disgaea game where I feel like I'm limited on money. Like, I'm really strapped for cash at all times. Hmm. Now, that's finally clearing up after I'm, like, uh, five chapters in or so, and I can use the item world, which that doesn't unlock for quite a while into the game. And that's where I started actually earning a decent amount of money. But, but up until then, like, healing your characters takes a good chunk of money, and you don't get that much from beating a level. So a lot of times it was like, I can revive this guy, or I can heal the three other guys. 
Wow. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, that's unusual. I I figured you were like economically dropping yourself out by fucking litigating and like bringing things to the court or something. No, I couldn't even afford to buy new equipment. <laughs> weird. Yeah, so that finally cleared up once I got the item world where I started earning real cash because before that is just like here's a pittance <laughs> for beating these stages. There, there... There's not like a level early on full of uh, the geo panels you can exploit to get the bonuses. I didn't see any uh, hell up ones, no, because the money in disguise hell. <laughs> yeah, it's H E L. Um, so I didn't see that. I, there's a chance I missed it, but yeah. Uh, Other oh, weird thing: the item worlds now. It seems like you get a ton of levels, but it doesn't affect the item as much as I would want like it to. Mm. But I'm I'm used to like item worlds from four and back where it's like, okay, each stage of the item you go through gets you a whole level. So you get like ten levels for doing it and the upgrade the, the equipment and a lot. Now it's like I've done gone through ten floors. I get seventy levels and it upgrade the the thing not as much as I would expect from ten levels in the old game. Um but of course this is I'm using super early stuff. I probably shouldn't even have leveled up and the, the ones I did. And and this is the one where they're like, well, you have item reincarnation now. Because uh, the thing in Disguise, if you don't know, is your units can reincarnate, which sets them back at level one. But they <sighs> keep, depending on how much resources you use to, to, to reincarnate them, they keep so much of their stats. Mm -hmm. And that's the end game shit. So the big, one of the big things Disguise 7 has is you can do that to items now. I did not know that. I'm... I assume that's also very late in the game because I only just unlocked the item worlds in general. Probably. I also remember them talking about that you could reincarnate items into other items. So it's like, turn this bubble gum into a sword that's real strong. And... <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Another really neat thing they added is uh, once you beat a set of stages, because in every Disguise game, pretty much each set of stages is set in a new area. Um, and before you just, you can go back to those maps and redo them to get experience and stuff, which you can still do. But now once you beat them, there's this thing called sightseeing where they choose one map from that set of areas and turn it into like a mini town you can wander around. So you can actually go interact with characters you talked to before going to the story there. Uh, there's sometimes shops and you can even run into random dudes who want to fight you and join your team. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm surprised they hadn't done this before. Because this just felt like a really smart way to build it out and let you use the walking around mechanics in something other than your base. Right, yeah. Um, so that's really good. Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's definitely the best one since 4. <laughs> uh, but I was not a big fan of 5. And I didn't even... I bounced off 6 so fast. It's oh, the best one since 4. But does it, does it have a really good intro theme? Like, what was it, 3? No, I don't think so. I need to... Actually, does it even have an intro? I don't know. God damn it. Right? I don't know if they actually animated an intro. What the fuck? Even Silent Hope has an intro. Right? You have to select it for the title screen, as weird as that is. They don't automatically play it. It just brings you to the title, and they're like, you want to watch the cool animation we got made? It, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, <laughs> now I'm thinking of the, the one they did for Samurai Remnant, the Fate game. Mm -hmm. That one's insane, because it's the Fate studio. They just... Have mm -hmm. all the money to show at this and make an incredible looking intro of that course. you wouldn't even see in a modern running anime. <laughs> of course. 
could go ahead and say the Silent Hope intro. Not quite that high budget. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine not. Marvelous but, probably doesn't have. But <laughs> it does have a theme specifically for the game with lyrics that are important. Great. But in Japanese. <laughs> does it have subtitles? I can't answer that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I also was able to play the Modern Warfare 3 Call of Duty beta. Which I did not play, so I'm going to have to rely on you to tell me information about this. Now, when we played the beta for last year's game, that's when we found out we did not like last year's game. Right. So I need to ask you. Good vibes, bad vibes, mixed vibes. Mixed vibes, really. There, the beta is up again this weekend, so you can try it now. Hey, um, I, great. I believe it's up for PlayStation already. Like, there's not even a pre-order thing. I think it's just for everybody, and it's cross-play starting in, like, saturday cool so if you want to try it yourself jump in there and see cool it's really weird the way that they have this set up now like the what call of duty has become mm -hmm. is a bizarre creature so to download this i downloaded the call of duty app not like modern warfare 3 no this is a call of duty booter and then it, that has the uh you can boot straight into Warzone maps or the call of duty 3 or Modern Warfare 3 beta. It's weird. I don't like it. Yes, I'm so tired of this shit. Yeah. They, they let the game just be a separate thing. Um, the beta only has uh, remastered maps from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Oh. Um, so, okay. That's cool. I like the ones that I remembered, but Rust is there, and I think Rust might have always been a terrible map. <laughs> I'm very excited to read the comment section on this one. Um, it's like some oil refinery thing in the middle of a desert. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just a, a big structure in the middle of metal. And then basically just a tiny little square of, of sand around it. Yeah. And then you just all shoot each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's fine for uh -huh. like deathmatch and stuff. Yeah, but this the only thing they have available for the beta is a mix of mode. So sometimes you do deathmatch, sometimes oh, you do uh, okay. kill confirm, and then a lot of times you'll do zone based stuff. In zone based stuff, it's just like no, uh, this is awful for this, <laughs> right? Because everything is viewable from everywhere, right? And it's so tiny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a weird choice, okay. a very weird choice to not have like different uh, setups there. There are. There are probably people nostalgic for Rust, even if they think it's bad. So maybe this is working on them. Maybe. At some level to be like, oh, this has Rust. I fucking hate that map. <laughs> um, there is... a The other maps I do recognize, like Favela and... Mm -hmm. um, Iconic. Uh, the Estate, of course. Mm. Oh, which we... Saw in Commando. Yeah, we recently saw it in the movie Commando. Speaking of which, that blessed block that will be coming out after this podcast goes up. Yeah! Um, that map's still great. I, it it has that energy of it's a place, uh -huh. which you don't get in a lot of the maps these days, I feel like. Right. I mean, we were talking about it last week. Like Chris was talking about old first-person shooter design where the map is, you made a place. Yeah. And this one is just like, no, it can go around inside the, like, various random rooms in this, uh, uh, like, forest estate. And, like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's just a bedroom. There's a closet. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's it a fucking house, man. What do you want? 
Um, as far as I, one of the big, pr- big problems with uh, Modern Warfare 2 remake was the way the unlocks worked is for the gun you could have to upgrade a gun you weren't using to get unlocked for a gun you wanted to use right so like you're using a different gun to get like an attachment that you want yeah for the fucking other gun that is still here it feels like there's less of it but i only got the mess with like the five weapons or so they showed you so it's like okay i was only seeing say i would need to do that for different kinds of uh like laser sights for this gun mm-hmm. but not, not the other accessories didn't need to do that so okay. i'm like maybe they're cutting back on it but it's still there which is a bad sign yeah that's weird yeah i don't know why they decided to go that way um they also completely reworked the way the perks work so the perks are the your upgrades for in the match like fast reload and stuff mm-hmm. and now all that's been segmented out into gear so you have shoes gloves and um what's the fucking thing they said that one year boots on ground action yeah boots <laughs> the fucking idiots <laughs> yes shoes gloves and armor okay. and you can swap those out and those have different things like some of the shoes let you do a slide while aiming down the sights and uh, so, uh some shoes have the thing so you're silent so, while you walk around but this doesn't actually change anything because you still had hard categorization before didn't you where this is a perk one perk and this is a perk two perk yes right so other than making it a visually aesthetic thing of like the the boots give you this power (laughs) i i think they're trying to reframe it and make you think about it a little bit differently because perk one two three Mm -hmm. is a little bit more vague than just these are your shoes this is your armor and that sort of thing i mean i guess i I think it kind of works it doesn't dramatically change the way you play it but it makes it Mm -hmm. easier to think about like oh i need to bring gloves and the different gloves will have the different things. And you need have- to remember your fingers and gloves. Yes. 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 Never forget. <laughs> um, so I, it's not really different, but it's one of those things like this makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad you've decided to make this something that makes sense. That you can attach in your brain to a thing other than one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And uh, something I really liked is they start you with a good pistol i think that's the first time they've done this in the call of duty ever it's a pistol that has burst fire on it yeah that's insane yeah so i would often just be using it if i brought around like a shotgun or something that was more short range i could just have this pistol and be like i i'm pretty adequate at fighting guys at a range with this yeah uh i remember in older call of duties in order to have a good pistol you would consider using one of those pre-made classes yeah that would be a reason to do that and now it's like i have a burst fire that i could just use on anything like what the fuck i wonder if that's uh ba- for the beta they're just showing that off oh, that would suck so bad i'd be so upset if i got the game and didn't have this here's your m9 eat my ass <laughs> and you're like oh <laughs> that'd be pretty funny though it would be funny but oh god it'd be so bad um but yeah, that's really all I gotta say. I I, I think I like Modern Warfare Two maps. Uh huh. Yeah. It's cool to have those back. Yeah, I loved Modern Warfare Two's multiplayer. It was great. And this pistol's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think this is looking pretty solid. I'm. Ex- I think there are more maps in this uh, upcoming beta too. So I'll try it again. Oh, cool, great. Um, do you think the single player this year will involve the Burger King? It had better. I mean it. 
it's got to. Like they have, they even talked about having those bigger maps, mm-hmm. and the Burger King would be at the bigger map. Yeah. So hopefully, if you know us well enough, you know we're gonna pick up the new game and do a stream through it because it's the only way most of you will ever see any of the new Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. But also, we need to know whether or not we actually want to, you know, try it out and stuff. You know. And and if we immediately find out this sucks, we just traded it. <laughs> yeah. Which we should have done with Mortal Kombat, but I guess they did an update. They did a 27 gigabyte update for the Switch. Do you know how fast Nintendo servers are? That took a whole hour. <laughs> but they said they fixed it. So we're maybe going to have to check that out, too. One funny thing during the beta. Um, I guess if you bought the game, you get some special skins. So I got to see, a, like, Makarov, the villain. Yeah. Just run around in the steel, like, vibrating metal suit. <laughs> with <laughs> a, a mortal Kombat mask Ooh! i was like what the heck is this? that's fucking awesome <laughs> so it, it's good that they're getting weirder with their bonuses that, i mean it makes sense you have alucard that's true yeah i did can't. buy alucard i couldn't use him in the beta i was upset that is understandable Aww. understandable i guess my the- god does that mean i'm gonna have to like buy alucard before he disappears before the game comes out that's why I did it. I don't know. Fuck. I, I hope that he transfers properly. God damn it. Luck- I mean, he, he does. Everything that worked in last year's game will work in this year's game. Okay, great. That's what they said. They're, <laughs> they're squaring up for a class action lawsuit. They have no hope of winning if they don't actually follow through <laughs> on that promise. Oh, my God. Okay, but that's everything regular I've played. I... Okay. I guess we could talk about the steam. Uh, we're gonna start festering. Yes. Okay. Um, Bob, this is what happened? This will. This is the steam next fest. It's a. It's a mini this time. Sorry, guys. I was sick. I didn't feel like playing a bunch of the demos. You didn't. I'm sorry. Disgaea Seven was very distracting. We we have to make sure people don't tune out immediately, Bob. So we have to talk about something that fires some neurons. Let's talk about Extreme Formula XF. Sure. Uh, for people who don't know, that is uh, Lake Feppard, the creator of Sparkly Electric Jester's blatant F-Zero game. Yeah. No, it is. When people are saying it's an F-Zero knockoff, it's like, it's probably a little different. Like Fast RMX. Yeah. Or Red Out. Right. No. No. It's F-Zero. It is F-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> they have the fucking car selection screen with the people standing there that it's like, human, furry. <laughs> yeah, that that screen really exemplifies that this guy does l- weird little animated characters normally, not human shapes. Maybe not so great at modeling human shapes yet. Maybe that's a part of the aesthetic that you start need to start getting into. You, you're just like, yeah, I like I like my women lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, man, who don't? <laughs> um, his art's really funny. It's interesting. I suggest you check out the demo just to see those character designs because oh wow, that's great. Um, other than that. It feels better than the racing segments of Spark 3. Cool. It doesn't I feel that hope. good. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, it, it, it doesn't have a good sense of like... How do you put it? Like, 
like you have a sense of speed, but you don't have a good sense of like, um, like physical movement. Like mm. there's not a weight to it, which I know that they're hover f crafts, but I'm yeah, used to stuff like F zero and um, yeah, F zero both wipe out, and they they both have a lot of weight. Yeah, does it feel like you like you handle too well? You do feel like you just handle really well. Um, which I, I wouldn't want it to feel like Wipeout or anything. No. It feels way closer to F0 than Wipeout. So if you're... So that's good. If you're looking for... It's just that. Yeah. Yeah. Which Fast RMX also felt closer to F0GX than a Wipeout. It was mm -hmm. like a nice in-between. Yeah, absolutely. Which a nice in-between is way closer to F0 than it is Wipeout. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it feels just a little off and the graphics are not great uh it is definitely very plain looking even when you're going full speed but that's because it's designed to run at 800 frames per second it only seems it seems capped at 60 oh yeah like i that's the other thing like if this was 120 i'd be a lot more like forgiving oh, yeah. but i couldn't get it to run that way at all like that's... i tried there was no setting in the options i tried just booting up only on one <laughs> monitor because sometimes that's an issue mm -hmm. uh, but i could not get it to do that that's unfortunate because a uh, spark runs at higher frame rates and that looks sick right like having really fast things run at 120 is amazing mm -hmm. yeah so hopefully since it's on spark maybe he'll get it into this right by, by launch yeah you would hope but right now i'm just like yeah it's it's kind of neat i would much rather play like fast rmx though so yeah, and I still haven't given uh, Red Out a try on PC where it has VR support. Oh, yeah. Because I think it also does on PS4, but not PS5. I don't know. Either way, I'm never using a PSVR 1 again. Right. Especially since Paper Beast is out on PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. Still haven't played it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be cruel to Starfield and play that right before Starfield. Oh, no! <laughs> um... God, yeah, that's not fair. No, that's not that's fair That at game's all. fucking amazing. I also got to play a brand new Indie Crates video game. What? Yeah. Uh, this Yo is the demo I played also. Oh, oh. great. Oh, no. Johanne the Paraphelion Blaze in the Deep Blue. Oh, yeah, that thing. I'm just going to Google how to fucking spell that. Yeah, that's probably I for the best. I, I should say up front, I did not complete the demo because I thought the game was kind of bad. After I played some things this week, Chris, oh man, this sure was great compared to others. <laughs> um, Bob, it can't even, it won't even bring it up. How do you spell Yohane? It's Y-O-H-A. Oh, okay. So I'm not, I'm trying to, okay. Y-O-H-A? A, yeah. Continue. N-E. Okay, so literal Japanese, Yohane. Yes. Not Yohan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I will figure it out from there. Go um, ahead and talk about it. For people that don't know, this is an alternate fantasy world version of Love Live Sunshine. Uh, and they've turned it into a Metroidvania. You play as Yohane, the fortune teller slash singer is she explores a dungeon and rescues your friends uh you start with a giant dog monster who is your friend and is one of your in your main basic attack so you like hit the square button and she appears with a slight a claw slash in front of you and has a minor cooldown and then you get other weapons uh but you're exploring this large area what, what's up chris 
And every time you attack, you freeze, even if you're in the air. So there's nothing good feeling like an Egovania where you do short hops with your weapon and go back and forth and stab guys. It's just, no, you attacked in the air, freeze. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the title again. Johanne the Parhelion hyphen blaze in the deep blue one word. <laughs> yes. Mm. This game comes out in a month and four days. Huh. Yeah, I guess it did feel really done. Like, this is a huge chunk of the game. I was surprised it's actually set up like a Metroidvania. It's not like the, the we fooled you like Grim, Grim Guardians was. Uh, what wh What is that, Bob? Uh, sorry, Gal Guardians. <laughs> or is it Grim Gals? It should have been Grim Gals. No, it, it, it's <laughs> Gal Guardians now. Um, but yeah, it is just here is your dungeon, your full castle map. Uh, once in a while it goes into what's up, Dan? <laughs> isn't isn't Grim Gal Shake and Bake a Bleach character? <laughs> yes, Grim Jow's sister. <laughs> I'm not ready for Grim Jow to have a sister. <laughs> I'm not. No one was. I will never be. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying about Yohane? Um, it's set up very much like a Metroidvania where you have just a big castle you're going around that's actually uh, laid out and designed, but then you go into s certain areas which are just a set of uh, pre-manufactured levels you go through. Um, <laughs> and the, and Sorry. then that part of the castle will be like, here's a chunk that's random regenerated, it, it seems like. And it's just literally mm -hmm. go through a couple rooms of fighting enemies. Um... But I was surprised when they were describing the game before I got to play it. It sounded like most of the game was going to be that, but it seems like that's a very minor part of the game. Like oh, really? Okay. Certain sections of the castle are that, but that's in the, by no means the whole castle. It's a neat gimmick, and I'm glad it's not everything. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely worried this game was going to be a bunch of that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you don't seem to level up. Instead, you get crafting materials from everything you kill. And those can be turned into weapons because you have the summon attack, but then you also get an R1 attack. That's any item you bake. So the first one you get is like a Qatar in the descriptions, even like it's got a funny handle, but that doesn't matter because Johanna doesn't use any of the handles anyway, because <laughs> it just appears in front of her and attacks. Yeah. Um, so you it's, get it, it uses a resource. Yeah. It uses a mana for that. Like, so it's an order of Ecclesia. It doesn't auto-regenerate like Order Ecclesia. It regenerates at save points. And um, there might... I think you can get... You can buy items that will restore it as well. Mm. But it doesn't go down that fast. Like, I basically never ran out of mana between save points. Uh, because I was mostly using the regular attack. You, these seemed like more like special case. Like, I got a crossbow, so I got range one. And then later on, I found a big axe. So it's like, oh, this is my heavy attack. And I can mix it with the other one. I, I found that during the first boss fight that you can layer them and it's faster than attacking with one by itself. So there's a little bit of technique there. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit like Ecclesia in that sense. Right, that makes sense. Um, you also, once, like once you beat the first boss, you find one of her friends and she joins your team. And she can be swapped out for the dog via like you may attack. But weirdly, the other characters other than the dog you summon do take the resource. So they seem more like their traversal mechanics more than something you just use regularly as an attack. Like the first one is this girl who like 
takes a long time to wind up and then shoots with an air cannon mm-hmm. and this can, air cannon can push blocks um but it takes long enough and doesn't do enough damage where you really don't want to use it as a standard attack it just feels weird like maybe that should have been a separate mechanic entirely and probably shouldn't have taken resources i'm i'm sorry i'm just gonna react visually to the emotional journey that is listening to you to describe this game that started to get me interested and then just cratered um when you duck for a long time she starts being acting scared and makes noises which is funny that's pretty great yeah i was surprised it has that but doesn't have the holding up thing like in castlevania yeah you know, not everyone can figure out how to make multiple different characters do a really funny thing when you hold up. That's just Iga's trick. Right. Um, she is a singer because she's a Love Live member. So they you get um, musical uh, notes. Mm-hmm. And they're like consumables. So you can use it and she'll sing and become like super powerful and have infinite mana for a little bit of time. And this auto activates if you die, if you have one. Mm. Um, and it starts playing like the, the actual song with lyrics and stuff because it's an anti crates game. And it's mm-hmm. basically just like the gun, gun vault mechanic. Mm-hmm. So that's there if you're into that. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> um. I was surprised by the amount of different areas I went to. Like you start in like a like a generic looking castle, and then I went to a water cave, a lot like the water cave you see in most Castlevanias. Specifically, Order of Ecclesia. And know. yeah, I think of that one in the the yeah. Symphony of Night one. I just I just looked at the trailer and I was like, oh, that looks a little bit like the Order of Ecclesia underwater area. Okay. Yeah, and then I went to a <laughs> like a uh, sand-filled coliseum which also felt very much like it was straight from a castlevania like portrait mm-hmm. and the dawn of sorrow underwater cave area actually also has a similar palette but yeah 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 yeah. um it's kind of neat i i wonder if they're going to dub it because there is a lot of english or a lot of japanese voice acting in this and i did check it the love live sunshine has an english cast they haven't got one for the yohane anime yet which is in the same universe as this. Okay. Uh, but that anime only started like a few months ago. So it's somewhat understandable. They haven't done oh, that. Oh man, yet. we're going to have to cover that on Wii Boots. <laughs> hey, Chris, what, what were your thoughts on the demo? Uh, I thought it, it, it seemed fine. I think it controls a little bit bad. I, I'm not a fan of you freezing whenever you uh, attack. That's like an, antithetical to how I think Metroidvanias should. Uh, work um mm. i'm worried that the the your traversal be all using mana will inevitably will at some point become insufferable mm-hmm. it'll become like well you missed that jump too many times you can't double jump anymore go back to the save point yeah yeah uh and this is a very minor thing but it drove me insane they motion blur you when you're moving they like they put a motion blur over Johannes' oh. sprite huh mm. It is very faint, but I noticed it every time and it made me insane. Like, guys, that looks so bad. You you actually made a pretty decent looking sprite here. You don't need to, like, hit it with the super eagle when I'm running. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any opinions on it other than that. Metroidvania is hardly a... Uh, 
small genre. No, yeah. It was uh, like a good five years where it was the default genre of an indie game. <laughs> Bob, did you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. It, it was better than I expected. I might pick it up, but it's not like top of my list or anything. And like Chris says, it does just feel a little off in some ways. Mm. Also, uh, the second area I got to it had it has a boss fight that kept repeating, which was weird. Like uh, the the idea is he gets away each time, but mm-hmm. you still like made me fight the same boss three times, basically, with oh. only very slightly different move sets. Well, well, Link's Awakening makes you do that. <laughs> Um, so that makes me worry about what they'll do for later areas. It's like, are we going to do this again? Because this is all right this one time, but no, no more. Oh, yeah. Weirdly, um, instead of having warp points and save points separate, those are all the same thing. And you can actually warp at any time from any place. So if you're out in the castle anywhere, you can just be like, I want to warp back to the save point. Oh, that's good for when you run out of MP and can no longer use the traversal ability to get to the area you're trying to get to. Uh oh, <laughs> that's great. You can also warp to your uh, your house, and uh, when you like go back there, you can have dialogue with the characters you've rescued already, and also you can buy stuff. So you can buy like potions for healing health or mana. Hmm. So now, now I'm curious: Do you get? To, are you gonna get furniture? I don't know. Maybe her house, her room looks pretty barren, but that might be canon. <laughs> We gotta watch yeah, the anime now. She, she kind of seems like one of those damn bitch you live like this type <laughs> characters. Yeah, I watched like two episodes and that's definitely how it felt. Okay. So really they're staying on model. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh I also played a few other things. Okay. Including Amadame. Um, sorry, Amadama. A-M-E-D-A-M-A. Okay. Which we covered a little while ago saying it was coming out from Acquire in Izanagi games. So this is one of those Acquire self-published games that I talked about mm-hmm. previously, I think. Basically, you play as a ghost trying to save your sister who's been kidnapped, and it's got like a perspective that's almost like trying to be uh, their HD2D games. But yeah, using tilt shift, yeah, the tilt shift sort of thing. But using 3D models with some shaders to make them look pixelated, and it looks bad. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, that sounds like it would look bad. Sometimes it looks acceptable, but usually just looks bad. Uh, but this lets them reuse animations from Way of the Samurai and stuff. Oh, neat, <laughs> good for them. This saved the whole animal. Yep. Um, this game's weird. There's no way to take a full screen. How is that an issue? How, why, how is there a PC game without the full screen option? Um, and I don't think this is even set to come to anything else. Uh, but the way it works is you shift, or you play as this little ghost spirit, kind of like Ghost Trick, but you can shift into the body of different things. So the first thing you, you're in is a frog, and you go around and eventually get, or like fight a dog and take over the dog's body. And then you become a human, and then you just always seem like you're going to be a human from then on. So it felt like that was sort of just a waste of uh, making you think the game would be interesting, and then it really isn't. You also, since you're taking control of other people's bodies, you'd think that that would affect something, and that you'd use that as a way to like find out stuff about your sister and stuff like that. But instead, it seems like 
you take over a new body and then you just act like the same samurai dude you were before and everyone doesn't no one acknowledges who or what you are externally except for a few fights it's like oh well now you'd have these as your allies um and the whole thing is super combat heavy like i didn't really expect that i thought there would be a little bit more um story here and maybe any anything else going on with the mechanics but uh yeah it's weird uh and the combat isn't good at all like you have a some basic combos and stuff with your sword and it feels kind of like they're going for a beat-em-up but you can lock on to enemies even though that seems bizarre in this sort of tilted beat-em-up perspective uh but they rebalance the game in such a way that if you do a parry into a counterattack, you do an insane amount of damage. But if you just do regular attacks, you do almost no damage. Mm. So it really is just like, why do I even attack them? I just have to wait till they attack and then do the parry. Otherwise, there's no point. Um, it's weird. Uh, the demo is really long, too. Like, I played it over an hour. And then I got to a point where you're you hit seven days because each time you transition a screen a day or a time of day passes and then i hit the conclusion of the demo pretty much and my character is like oh i couldn't find my sister and then we go back in time seven days and then you restart um so it feels like it's trying to take in that that sort of thing from ways of samurai where you can go go redo the events but do it in a different way but in a much more guided way which ended up feeling really bad because it was honestly just like follow the marker yeah, for the, yeah. this hour plus straight of following the marker and doing really bad combat. Yeah, um, that sounds like a budgetary thing, not even a creative, mm -hmm. you know, direction to take it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's weird. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed with how just weak it is in basically every way. It feels like they didn't have any good ideas for what to do so they're just like make it a combat focused game just don't don't try and think about what you do as a ghost um so yeah i cannot recommend amadama okay i also tried oh man this is gonna be rough komajo ramalia 2 strangers requiem uh this is this is the toho game was blatantly like castlevania inspired art it's the sequel it's the sequel komajo remedia something something two strangers requiem okay uh this is not a good game what uh, don't say that what the music is great the illustrations are great uh-huh just find an art book of those uh, what the, I remember the first one didn't have very good, like, word of mouth either, so this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I also played the first one. It feels a lot like that. So if you like the first one, maybe it's fine. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with this. Uh, they make it look like Symphony of Night and stuff, but then it's structured much more like a classic Vanya, where it's just move or goes from left to right. Um... Look, but then Rob, you have mechanics that just don't work for that sort of thing. You you can't tell me a game with this much sauce on the box art. I know the art is incredible. 
Look at this harmony of dissonance ass motherfucking box art. What a fucking god damn it, Bob. Also, there's some weird sense PC version. This is another game that would not go full screen. No way to do it. Weird. Um, also, controls are just all messed up. It'll always show prompts for the Switch controller. The definitive Japanese controller because, of course, everyone owns a Switch. Right. Right. Um, but beyond that, the buttons are double mapped. So it's not even something I can just get used to. It's, okay, the Y button, or I guess in this case, the Switch, whatever the top button is. X. X. Uh will backdash and switch your weapon. And that's the only way to switch your weapon. Which those are supposed to be different buttons or even in the short well, oh, separate oh, okay. buttons. Okay, okay. So it's a literal glitch. Yeah, it's a literal glitch was this. Okay. Um, so I couldn't remap it to fix it. But luckily you can hit down and jump to backstep. Which is a terrible feeling backstep. Yeah, I think um, um, Bunny Must Die does that input. I can't remember which game did the hold down and jump to backdash. Uh, but yeah, the backdash is a back jump. It's like a backwards hop. Okay. So it'll take you up and off a ledge and kill you. Yeah. Uh, and also it'll jump you up into enemy's fire if there's something slightly above you. It just feels bad. I don't know why you would ever do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what else did the, instead of having a proper backdash, we will just have this weird hop when you hit L. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like something it's something I've encountered before. You've encountered riddles like this before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the stages are just got going from left to right because there's there can't be almost any challenge in the platforming because you can literally fly like you have a you hit the double instead of a double jump you have a float so you just hit jump again in midair and she flies for a limited time for a limited time okay but that that did seem to make it so they didn't even try and have platforming truck ship puzzles instead just have a line of enemies you fight mm-hmm. is you move from left to right and they're just stolen enemies they're just literally here is this Castlevania enemy slightly altered. Well, seeing that box art. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it almost that's some fa- uh, truth in advertising up front about how blatant it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, it's. Great art. I don't think that in-game art's very good. I mean, it's that, hard to compete with that box art. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I was looking at footage of it and I was like, oh, this looks like you tried really hard to look like Symphony of the Night, but couldn't. Mm-hmm. It definitely has that feel. We sure have been living in the shadow of Symphony of the Night for over 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is the game that I was like, oh man, Johanne feels great after this. <laughs> uh, yeah, meanwhile, okay. I was like, I- I've played those Team Ladybug ones. Johanne feels like trash. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and those if you feel com- great. If you compare this to the Team Ladybug Toho game, oh my god. Yeah. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This feels low rent even for Toho fan games. Like, I feel like the old Mega Mari game I played like 10 years ago was better on the gameplay front. Oh, yeah. I played a bunch of Toho fan games, you know, not mainline at all. And then, like, way more impressed with most of the other ones I've tried. Mm. It's This one feels like the outlier of, like, we got great illustrators. We didn't try at all for the gameplay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. The the uh, like to try and give something else to the gameplay. They have it so you can do that back jump and then hit the attack in mid jump, and she'll do a thing where she shows two daggers. That's kind of neat. Mm. I don't know if it's actually going to be really good. Uh, yeah, cannot recommend it. Okay. 
unfortunately. Uh, that won't stop me. I saw the box art. Right. Yeah, I'm go gonna, play the I'm demo gonna, and gonna, see see for yourself. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Are you sitting on the remote? No? Stand up. <laughs> you gotta check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's everything I play for the Steam Next Fest. I, okay. There were a lot more games I wish I got to. Uh, maybe you'll still be going. I'll be able to jump, jump in some more for next week. Uh, did you play any other games at all? No. Okay. Uh, Dr. Agro, what you been playing? Uh, this morning I realized that the gate had finally opened and that I was allowed in to the garden and my brain chemistry has been forever altered by contact with Honkai Star Rail. Ah, nice. Oh, right. That came out. Uh-huh. It did. I downloaded it and forgot about it. <laughs> How's it treating you? That may be the most action-packed uh, turn-based RPG tutorial section I've ever seen. You want to talk about lights and colors and fast movement and cool noises? I felt like it was chemically designed to reach an audience of people who grew up staring at screens all day. It... <sighs> It got chemical reactions to go off in my brain like the first time you played a video game. It <laughs> broke through all that desensitization and made the fireworks go off again. Wow, imagine the things we could be doing with all the money you save by making a turn-based game. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Uh, Look at the things you can do when you don't have to worry about hitboxes, or enemy timing, or all this other shit. If you just made a turn-based game and could show cool things. Well, that's not next-gen enough. <laughs> this was a, a step up from the... Because I remember I, I booted up Genshin Impact when it came out. I was like, nope, this is too many currencies, too many dumb systems, too much at once, turn the game off. Uh, yeah. I still don't know what half the shit I'm picking up out of chess does yet, but I know that I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like three hours later, I looked around and realized that I am now in the middle of a miles wide cyber maze designed for one thing and one thing only to liquefy my brain into a puddle that does nothing but buy whatever it is that that is in that square that means i get to roll for more shit Ooh. I'm, I'm holding strong i haven't done it yet because i don't i don't know what half of these menus are but i know that i am deep in the jungle and it's going to be a long trek out i uh i'm now terrified of not downloading hawkeye star rail but it's so good hopefully like genshin you can just play it and then get the currency from that and not feel a need like i i played like three or four hours of it and i've got like 30 of those whatever they are i think they're rail passes <laughs> uh, yeah i i don't know if that's just hey here's the first taste is free or not yet mm -hmm. yeah but i do know that the combat in this game is actually fun with interesting systems and a bunch of combo shit that procs off of each other and, and cool classes and stuff like that like they Ooh. hey they they made a good game to stack all of this weaponized cybercrime <laughs> on top of yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the worst part you can't you can't hate them because they didn't like make a shitty game to rook people they they made a great game and also they're gonna make 80 billion dollars off of it <laughs> That 
that's great. Thank you for looking into it for me. I will now never play it. <laughs> Did you play anything else? Nope. Uh, not to speak of. Edgar's like, I wasn't done. <laughs> I mean, he can, he can keep talking about it. No. No, because it just be me. It, mm, I want I want I want to go back. <laughs> play it more. There's a special mode in the game where you're in a simulated universe of the game doing roguelike dungeon runs of areas you've already been in. What? Where you get extra bonuses that only exist in that mode. Sitting here in the real world talking to you fucks isn't doing it for me anymore. I need <laughs> I need a hit. I need to go back. You know we're gonna lose them completely if they had any VR support. Wow, it's so great that cool roguelike mode. It's almost like they took that from a, a certain Trails of game that's a couple games in the future from where you currently are in the franchise. Oh, you're not kidding. I booted that game up and saw the UI and where stuff is on the screen and how to initiate combat. And went wow. Uh, I they just were spent... very explicit. Like we love that franchise. Yeah, no, it was clear. That's why I knew I was fucked. <laughs> Now, Agro, is there or is there not a character named March 7th? Yep. I'm not clear if that's like a quirky thing or if that's like maybe you shouldn't have translated her name from Chinese kind of thing. Um, is she tiny and floats around next to you all the time? She looks like she should be, but she's not. She's regular size. <laughs> She is the best character on my team also. She, like, everybody's got a basic hit and then maybe a special hit. And her special hit just drops a shield on a character that is worth their entire health bar. And anytime someone hits a character that she's shielded, she gets an auto attack. What? That's pretty cool. Yeah, like there, there's another character who every time you break an enemy, she gets a charge. And when she gets three charges, she just does an auto AoE. This, uh, it's designed for you to be able to build cool combos, not just to stack great damage, but to release the brain chemical. <laughs> oh, I was like, this character looks familiar. Then I realized she's just Neptunia. No way. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 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 Okay. All right. Mm, no. Mm. There's a little bit of that with her like flower thing is a little bit looks a little bit like Neptune uh Neptune's like D-pad hair clips, but mm -hmm. other than that. Sound off in the comment section on your opinion. <laughs> uh Chris, did you play anything aggro yes. did you play anything else no i did not okay uh, what'd you play chris i played stray gods a role-playing musical <sighs> no how was that uh one you shouldn't be allowed to call your game have role-playing in the name of your game when you all you mean is there's dialogue options there's not even dialogue options that meaningfully affect things because it's a completely linear experience. Hmm. Um, if you don't know what this game is, which is understandable, uh, 
that means you didn't watch enough of the summer of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a thing made by I forget the exact name. Summerfall, I think it is. Summerfall Studios, which is David Guider's new studio. David Guider's a former Bioware alumni. He uh, he worked at Beamdog Entertainment for a while on the enhanced editions of Baldur's Gate one and two, and then started his own studio. And they crowdfunded this, and then Humble Games picked it up to publish it. Um, and from neither source did it have enough money. Hmm. Well, you don't need so, money for musical, right? <laughs> uh, that's where all the money went, considering, considering this game has Laura Bailey as the main character, another major character is Troy Baker, uh, another, another major character <laughs> is, I forget the name, but the voice actor who is Cyborg in Teen Titans. Jesus. Wow. Uh, Felicia Day is the main, is is the antagonist. Oh, um, I don't need a game where that's the case. <laughs> it, it really felt like the 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 David Guider will get all the voice actors he personally really likes to come be in this game, and it's bad. Like this is a complete dud. Uh, but we, we need to talk about that thing I mentioned earlier where the floor of how bad a thing could control is. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. This game has the Bioware dialogue wheel. Okay. And it controls bad. How? <laughs> well, it's, here's the it's thing. It's a wheel. <laughs> Instead of just, like, pressing in the direction of the option you want to select and hitting the button, you have like a selecting node on the ring. You have to like drive to the right option. What? what? I, I, I missed prompts in, in this game because and it, because most of the time you only have three for a uh, nice, for by the way, David Guider, nice fucking cheeky bullshit where it's like at the start of the game, pick whether you're, I for, I already forgot this this woman's name, the main character's name. I don't remember. It's already gone. Um, <laughs> but the main character, you you have to decide whether you're going to be clever, charming, or kick ass. And that's uh, green, blue, and red. The exact same colors as the ending of Mass Effect Three. Come on. And and most of the time, you have three dialogue options. It always starts you at the bottom. So you can't just press the direction. I got confused a lot because what you have to do, because I picked the kick ass because it seemed like it would be the most insufferable. To pick yeah, they, the should kick have ass. <laughs> they should have named the clever one Corky and then you would pick that. Well, I, I actually let chat vote. Okay. You have to like, you have to like do a quarter circle to get the selector up to the top. Like imagine you press the analog stick down and then rotate it up to facing upward. And that's what you have to do to select up in this game. Man, good thing he came along to invent the wheel. That one we had before was shit. I, it, it feels unbelievably bad. Like, it I, feels bad in a way I had to keep pausing to go, guys, this feels like total dog shit. I don't know how you make a game where you interact with it in one way. One singular way and made it feel bad. One way that's a menu. Yeah, I was like, do you even walk? Or it's just these menu selections. It is in top it is it is it is a motion it is a motion comic. Uh -huh. Um it looks one step worse than as dusk falls, or as we call it on this podcast, Tom goes to narrative. How? How does it do that? 
Okay, okay, so imagine in, in Tom Goes to Narrative, a character walking across a room. Uh-huh. It's like three or four frames, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. In this, it's two, so everyone looks like they're teleporting. <laughs> I... Like, this game transparently blew all its money on the voice actors and hiring a Eurovision competitor to write the songs, which, by the way, are uniformly bad. Oh. There's not a single good or catchy song in this game. And I think a big part of it was they couldn't just be songs. Completing the Bioware ritual of ruining something because you have to give the player meaningless choice that doesn't actually meaningfully impact anything, but maybe tricks them a little. Uh huh. You, you get to decide, like, it's like a, everything's like a song battle because the main character, the plot of this game is the Greek gods are real. They're pretty depowered because nobody believes them anymore in, in them anymore. And when one of them dies, a thing called their Eidolon comes out and passes into the, the closest um, person. So the main character absorbs the Eidolon of one of the muses and gets the power to force people into a musical. And then the other gods show up and say, well, we we're, we can't be sure that you didn't kill her to take her god power, so we're going to kill you unless you can solve this murder in a week. Okay. And and that and that's the plot of the game. Mm-hmm. So it, during these like song battles, you choose the lyrics that your character is going to sing, and that changes the 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 thing of the song, and allegedly like changes the genre of the song even. And I don't know if I just picked unbelievably poorly by going with the kick-ass red option but every one of those songs is bad. Like not a single one of them was memorable. I don't really think most of these voice actors guider picked can deliver. Yeah. On the I singing could, front. I, I have not heard of any of them singing before. Like I feel like Troy Baker Laura has Bailey sung can in sing. something. I Laura, feel Laura like Bailey that happened she was, um, Laura Bailey was fucking Rise in Persona 4. Oh. Uh. Huh. And then, and then they didn't even try to get her back for for the dancing game. So it's Ashley Birch in that game. Yeah, Troy Baker has a band, I think. Okay. Yeah. Name a voice actor who doesn't have a band. That's fair. Yeah. Nolan North. <laughs> part of this is like I was not prepared for the type of game this was at all. Like not structurally. I expected this, for lack of like a better way to describe it, to be like a critical role esque tawdry fun lighthearted like to put it to, to put it bluntly like a reddit thing mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like like you know what i'm talking about it's like oh it's the, it's the adults we're doing the songs and we're, we're role-playing and it's fun and everybody's everybody's sultry and that's not it at all everybody has depression that's like explicit even well, that's what like happens it, when the writer is driving the project. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's all, you have to go around to all these sad sax gods that have tons of generational trauma and try and heal them a little bit through these really uninteresting songs. And God, the... the I shouldn't be this hung up on controlling. It feels really bad, but it feels unbearably bad. I mean, that, that feels like the smallest hurdle you could have 
<laughs> overcome because your game doesn't have that much interactivity. <laughs> they need to ship out the rollerball they designed the game for. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be quirky. <laughs> um, there, there's like one interesting idea in it, which is that when the Eidolon passes, it like takes years for the gods' memories to come back. Hmm. So there's like you're kind of absorbing this other person's personality and memories. And to some extent they take you over, but not completely. And mm -hmm. they only, they only go into it a little bit and only so we can have the really depressing arc of, well, um, Ares decided to tell the Nazis that gods existed. So they went and captured Aphrodite and tortured her in a frame, in a way we're going to frame as sexual assault constantly. And then at the very end go, no, it wasn't that. Don't worry about it. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. we're walking it back right when we'd have to commit in a way that mm. seems bizarre and you probably just shouldn't have written that. Neat. But the whole yeah. thing is, is, is Aphrodite is so traumatized. She kills herself every 20 years. Holy shit. So she can, so she can not remember, have her memories for a while. And then, and then your song is to convince <clears throat> her to stop killing herself. Hot damn. Which, which allegedly you can fail at if you're not the kick-ass personality <laughs> i'm that mm, that is not mm. but then it, but again, it, it doesn't even matter because the story only goes in one direction <clears throat> uh like that was kind of interesting they include a really fucking stupid plot element they do the eternals thing where uh hephaestus wanted to save aphrodite so he went and basically told the U.S. government he'll make weapons for them forever and made the nuke. <clears throat> and it's weird because you never see Hephaestus. Hephaestus. They're just like, no, he, he, the government just took him. And the ending is like, well, they say maybe we'll get to see him again someday. Like, they set up a fucking sequel look. Because to the surprise of no one, the uh, Athena, the white woman voiced by Felicia Day, is the villain. And it, it's literally as simple as she got a premonition from Apollo that said the last muse had to die so the gods could keep going and the status quo could remain. But the, the, the premonition was actually just that the status quo needed to change and not that everybody would die. So you, you get to defeat her with facts and logic and then <laughs> the status quo changes. That's it. It's, it's, it's like as stock as it possibly could be. I feel like when I was seeing advertisements for this during Summer of Gaming, I thought that this was some sort of romance game. Like that was an. Uh, there are romances. There are romances. Okay. Um, it just... I didn't do any of them. Fair. The romance options are your mortal friend Freddy, which is a very typical uh, lesbian romance. Uh, Pan, the the satyr, who is who is cyborg. Uh, Apollo, Troy Baker's character, or Persephone, a relationship which, if you take it, gets really weird because it turns out she was also in a relationship with the last, with the person you inherited, like, the soul of. Mm -hmm. So it has, like, a really weird angle to it. I picked none of them. I'm surprised they even let you do that. I, I assume David Guider maybe has a little bit of trauma of everybody going, 
hey, how come telling a guy I'm sorry all your friends died instantly smash cut to me fucking them? Which is a thing that happens in Dragon Age 2 a bunch of times. <laughs> that is pretty bad. But, yeah, this is, this is like a complete botch of a project. Like, I can't think of anybody this would appeal to at all. This was like the worst project David Guider ever could have done, because now I'm like, oh, you brought nothing to those Dragon Age games. You were just a name in the credits. Oh, that's rough. <clears throat> so yeah, that, that's the only thing I really played. Uh, mostly, I, and the other thing was just continuing games I was already playing and don't want to discuss more till I've beaten them. Okay. Well, uh, before we go to the next segment, did you know we had a podcast that came out on Monday as well? I didn't know that, Dan. It's, what it's, was it? It's true. It's a Wii Boomers for Dead Leaves. You remember Dead Leaves? No. Well, <laughs> well, if you had a PSP <laughs> and you wanted to watch anime on it, oh my God, that might be the anime for you. Well, that's good. I still have a PSP sitting around. And there's, there's literally, there's literally no way to watch this and not immediately be like, yeah, this is where Kill a Kill and Rebecca Edgerunners and all that shit comes from. Clearly, you can see it in the fucking entire movie nonstop. <laughs> You would have to be completely daft to not be able to pick up on that in every fucking moment. Anyways, uh, maybe check out, maybe check out that. I don't know. Maybe you should also check out the Podlord. Oh fuck the Podlord! Oh fuck! Whoa! Is this like dead leaves? <laughs> no, no. Kinda. Is it? <laughs> Philosophically. I guess. Yes, that's right. The philosophical and overly large. <laughs> Enhance. Podlords. <laughs> Podlords such as BN12. E. Lee Broyles, bountiful blessings to you all. Red Blaze 27, Suzu Shiro, Rado. <laughs> oh my god! One under one shades of wonderful remastered. WTF Spider Man. Mr. I like spam. No thoughts, head empty. And that's why she's the best servant in Fate Samurai Remnant. I, I do like the, uh, I think I think one of like the info books is like, uh, she's the writer class this time because she takes advantage of you. <laughs> <laughs> DFW3K, look at this kitten. It's a kitty. Little guy. Oh, Muck bun. Dog. Kristen. Robot wife guy, Juice of Frost. <laughs> Honey, can you pick that up from the store? Yes. <laughs> Kyle Bjork. It's not Schrodinger's cat. It's just Charlie. 
Oh, he did break it. Look at you, Charlie. Realize that red line is my Char's counterattack. If I don't watch it every three months, I get depressed. That's fair. <laughs> yup. Cooper Tank. Good evening. I'm Eugene Courier. I have enormous psychological problems, and I'm going to take them out on you. Is that is that fucking that guy from Halloween? Yeah, that's Michael Myers. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Sharon's supremacy. I have no opinions yet. That's quite a stance for you to have said out loud, Dan. Indigo Sykes. Broke Barbenheimer. Woke Somari Super Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> what? Man, I remember Samari. Yeah, Samari. It's Sonic Mario. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, Wonder. It, yeah. It's, it's a boot. It's a bootleg of uh, Sonic that runs on the NES and has Mario poorly pasted on Sonic. It's yep. so bad. Yep. Bowser when he sees Elephant Peach. Jokes on you. I'm into that shit. <laughs> I I am bold of Nintendo. To just be like, here, freaks. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah I, I don't think the English account will be tweeting that. They need to. That video is fucking hilarious. I love it. A raccoon reminding people to stay hydrated. That is one hydrated raccoon. Yeah. Good job. Shinji16 wants to remind you that you matter. You are valid. And you deserve to give it up for hour 91. Joke's on you, Shinji. It's like hour 96. <laughs> <laughs> Zayla Pora would be the type of motherfucker who would leave you stranded in Moscow. It's true. That is oh, true. Because they're, they're both in Diskin. Because <laughs> oh Eric Sparrow in Tony Hawk Underground is also in Diskin. <laughs> and her oh aggro's, aggro's benefit is, is Juices in Trails of Cold Steel. I, oh. <laughs> the Blu-ray said that I had a Ben Diskin interview, and I was like, who was Ben Diskin in this show again? <laughs> Great. <laughs> The Super Mim. These were the only four costumes left at the store. You guys will have to decide who's wearing what. Sorry. I take Tinkaria. <laughs> mm. mm. I mean, I got to get me up in that Dillo. Thank God. So the options, uh, other two options appear to be Saber from Samurai Remnant. Okay. And I guess that's supposed to be Triforce shirt with jorts. Oh my god! I, Isn't that Amagai's hair? I think that's Amagai's hair. Oh I'm not, I'm god, not. that's probably oh, Amagai's no. hair. That's Tracy Sketchit, not the Triforce oh. shirt. Oh god, that's much worse. Oh, oh my me. god, yeah, this has gotten way worse. I'll, I'll take Tracy Sketchit over Amagai. Oh. <laughs> You know what? At least no one will know who I am. Yeah, fair. Saraline. Timothy Fister. Bearded Joe. Cleochrome. Krunglespum. Samurai Remnant already proving to be a treasure trove of memeable content. I wish I could read it. <laughs> right? That that's uh that's um Gilgamesh photoshopped into the Kinsama post about the, the white dude with the beard and the kimono. Oh, oh god. my god. In his, in, 
in his room full of uh, Japanese media. <laughs> one bount, one plan, one tasty arc. <laughs> <laughs> Why? We're beginning Why? to reach levels of just, just do it. Just, just throw the hair on him. <laughs> Man, Sony's PS5 Slim looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's so small. Damn, he's, has he lost weight? Everything has a weakness. All living things eventually die. <laughs> I love whenever Oda draws other people's characters. <laughs> yeah. Noodle. I considered making something for Jim Slim, but nah. Here's Undead Unlux, greatest oofy instead. Please watch or read. His dick is so huge. I'm glad he's on our side. Anyway, play Lunar. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to the new CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. John Riccatello! No! Yeah, there it is. Xbox can still win, you guys. <laughs> That's so terrible. And alternate universe saber, but a Sith. Thank yeah, you very much thing. to our pod lords. Thank, Thank you, pod, pod lords. Lord. Lord. And if you'd like to become a pod lord, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gbpodcast. For as little as $5 a month, you get many benefits, such as early access to chugging bleach and Pokemon go to the movies our two monthly anime review podcasts, uh, extended bits and bobs when indeed such things exist to be given to you. Uh, you fund a patron, you fund a patron funded show that happens once a month, either a public show where we review a terrible thing and produce comment, a patron exclusive commentary track or a public show where we watch, wait, no, a public show where we watch a horrible thing. And there is a private commentary track or a private show where we watch a good thing that you get to vote on, and then we have to discuss it. Uh, you also get an entire movie called Isolation 119. Oh boy, are you going to want that one soon. <laughs> yeah, you are! <laughs> uh, this isn't a joke. It, it's a full movie. You get access to it if you can give it to our Patreon, patreon.com slash gbpodcast. And of course, if you don't have any money, it always helps us immensely to spread the word, you know, uh, post annoyingly about us in r slash gaming until you get banned from that subreddit <laughs> um uh rate us on thursdays rate us on your podcast app of choice if you listen that way and if you listen on youtube like and comment on this video right now that's patreon.com slash gb podcast uh we've got some news let's cover the let's Let's shoot it first. Hey, they announced a PS5 Slim and it's not any cheaper. How dare they? <laughs> mm, disgusting. You, let me tell you, listener, what you're going to hear is a bunch of people come out and say a bunch of phrases like market realities and cost of production and shipping. And uh, those people are fucking corporate suck asses. Don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah. There's no world where three years later you have reduced the volume by over 30%, reduced the weight by like 28%, reduced the cost of the cooling device and the size of the silicon and all these other things, and it still costs the same amount. 
here's a frame of reference because some of you might be like, Dan, maybe this isn't as bad as you're making it. You, you know how much, uh, you know what you could... Three years after the PS4 came out, the PS4 Pro was the price the PS4 launched at. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fuck? This thing costs them less money to produce and ship and everything. And, you know, some people are like, but but they added 175 gigs of storage. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's like, uh, let me do some rough math. $12. <laughs> that's $12 worth. And that's not to say... Isn't that consumer side $12? Right. Yeah. And that's not three years ago. How much did 825 gigs cost compared to a terabyte now? Which obviously way cheaper for a terabyte now than 825 of that grade of ssd three years ago yeah so we need to we like during that activision trial Mm -hmm. microsoft said they understood that sony would be shipping a slim ps5 that would be 400 dollars. has xbox shit its pants so hard that sony says we don't have to cut the price yes because next year mm-hmm. they're going to cut the price when the switch 2 comes out yeah there's no world in which they're gonna sit at 500 dollars, launch a pro and just watch as the switch 2 eats their fucking lunch also it makes me think okay did sony find out about microsoft's bullshit game tube plan and went they're doing an all digital 500 dollars version we don't have to cut the price fuck them it is insane absolutely fucking bonkers that this is happening and they didn't even they didn't even make it they didn't even make the fucking thing right you can't even set it on a flat surface without a fucking stand it's actually worse now because you need a tinier flimsier looking stand and mm-hmm. they sell the vertical stand separately and right it's like yep. 30 bucks Three, like a 30 dollar piece of plastic to go with the goddamn bullshit revision they didn't lower the price on anyway i cannot express the amount of it has never made more sense to buy a console at launch than the fucking PS5 because I didn't know they wouldn't lower the price in three years. Yeah, that's insane. Did they even fix the price after they raised it for other territories? I don't think they no. did. In fact, they dramatically increased the price in Japan because they wanted to curb that buying it in Japan and selling it in other region shit people were doing. I think they effectively increased its price by $100 in Japan, which means sales of the PS5 in Japan are about to get even more embarrassingly dire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're absolutely done. I have to wonder if the corporate changeup has a lot to do with how that market's just gone. Mm -hmm. They gave it up to Nintendo. Yeah. I I imagine a big part of it is going to be trying to fix that, because otherwise Mm -hmm. I imagine the interim CEO would not be a Japanese guy. Right. Uh, That's entirely possible. This is... uh... This is... I've seen a lot of people be like, do you think Jim Ryan had anything to do with this? And I'm like, Yes. He's the CEO, and you could see a pivot from the moment he took over until now, where every bad decision is obviously fitting into his MO. Yeah, and this is like <sighs> a it, a console revision was developed entirely under his tenor. Right. Like, the, the PS5 launched when he was already CEO. And had been for a decent amount of time. Yeah, this this there's no ambiguity here. This is absolutely a Jim Ryan decision. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that the way the PS5 looks had something to do with Jim Ryan. Like the external, like with the shelves and shit. Because mm. he was in there early enough. This is truly fucking bonkers. Um, God, it's not even designed to sit horizontally. 
you have to have the stand they give you without the, the yeah without the, the st- peg the or whatever it is because they don't want to show you that they no took, you can see it from one angle in the photos but they're not going to give you a good angle on it at all i can't believe like if you've made it this long without getting a ps5 and like you're willing to tolerate load like bad performance and load times you don't even really have not even really going to tolerate bad performance anymore because the highest scope of game is about to go shift over to being next gen only but if you don't care about that don't get a new console like let me put it as blunt as possible you don't have a ps5 right now but you're you're interested but you're not completely dying wait a year it will be a hundred dollars cheaper there's like you don't need if you don't need final fantasy 7 remake reunion like day one rebirth 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 day one just wait I just wait six months from that game comes out. It'll probably be cheaper. I have to wonder if they're not lowering the price because they're like, we're going to do the Black Friday sales. So we don't want to we want to make it a limited thing. That's it. That they might. That seems Maybe. like a lot of that seems like a thing. A lot of companies are doing now where it's like, well, it'll, it never actually goes down in price, but we'll put it on sale fairly regularly. But I, but I don't know. And and. What's the point of a PS5 Pro now? I don't know what the point of a PS5 Pro is, period. I like still, not like 99% of games run at a lock 60. The thing loads instantly. The point of a PS4 Pro was to play on a 4K screen and to add technology to better facilitate that. Mm-hmm. And then it still couldn't play 4K Blu-rays. No. So also PS5 Pro... HDR. Well, once again, they backported that feature into the PS4 Vanilla. It had higher quality HDR, but the PS4 Vanilla could do HDR. I know because I sat on that thing the entire gen. And then I turn, and then I turn it off because HDR is a bad feature. No, um, it's a great feature, but everyone does it wrong. Anyway, uh, it's I the PS5 what? Pro was already a hard argument, and now you're not lowering the price of the base model to make room for a PS5. Nobody owns an 8K TV. That's not. That's not a valid proposition. They and say they're going to do that, think, and they're going to do it through temporal AA. It's not going to be a native 8K image. Like, it's yeah, not going to be anywhere fucking near that. can't even native 4K images on most games. <clears throat> so, like, and I, as neat as it is, the prospect, the very likely prospect that the PS5 Pro will run Spider-Man 2 in the fidelity mode at 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. It already has a 60 frames per second mode. So it's such a tentative fucking proposition. It's such a weird, thin feature to just be like, look, it runs this mode at 60 now. $700. They should Honestly, they should cancel the PS5 Pro, even if they have to eat some kind of horrible cancellation fee because they already had to order the chips because there's custom. But they should, they should eat it. It is smarter than making a box literally no one will buy. I told jokes how I would buy it to make games run better. And then I looked and went, what is there to run better? Right. Most games don't have a fidelity mode that doesn't run at 60. Some do. Mm -hmm. Many do, but most don't. Most games aren't these fucking heavy junk fucking bitches that are next gen. Most games ever made aren't able to make a PS5 crawl. The only games that have had real, like real noticeable performance issues are games that force you to have ray tracing on Gotham Knights and Jedi Survivor and Final Fantasy 16. 
which is on a fucked up, not the Crystal Tools, but it's the Crystal Tools engine. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm entirely willing to blame it on that. I mean, yeah, most of these games, it's not even like the fidelity they're offering. It's the fact that they're just not done. Like a lot of these are like, like Star Wars fixed it. Right. By tearing out the, yeah, the, the, red, red the ray tracing. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like it's a box for literally no one. Yeah, I'd probably consider it. But if it's going to be over 500, no. Oh, it's definitely like, which, I, yeah, it feels like they're doing because this, like they didn't lower the price here. Like, so why they, would they? they sh- they should can they should just can it can that project internally never speak of it again uh the timeline time tom henderson gave a bit ago um, as far as i understand it says that dev kits should be la- landing in developers hands this month or next for the ps5 pro and if that happens then it's too late yeah i yeah i guess now we know all those leaks were true because this what thing if, was announced, it has the tactical right. distray and everything. Right. I mean, everything if, Tom Anderson's written has been true. Right. Every single one. The portal, this, the headphones. Yeah. 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 Everything. What if? What? If, what if they're like, we're canceling this Jim Ryan get out. Like that was the straw. It's like we're not launching this complete dud, this dead on arrival slab of bullshit that's going to cost us seven hundred dollars <laughs> per unit to produce. Yeah, I still, I don't get it. I, I don't get the proposition. Um, like, they'd, they'd be better suited, no shit, trying to make a portable that could run PS4 games. That is which a complicated would also, Which would still affair. be hard. That is hard. Yeah. But that would be better than making a PS5 Pro. It would be a more valuable usage of their time and resources. Mm. Then you get into supporting it with games, and I don't know. It's, um... It is, I've spent every moment since this console came out just being like, I can't wait for this thing to get cheaper and in the hands of more people. Cause like I, you, you heard the way I talked about any game that's next gen. I don't think they're good. <laughs> uh, but this is a great system in that every game runs well and everything loads fast and it's a really great experience. It's so much better than a PS4. It's better in a lot of cases sadly than pc and mm-hmm. i have a 4090 because right. sometimes they just ship yeah, a game that, that won't run right like like that's the that's the that's the appeal <clears throat> of the ps5 right now if you don't have one and you're on the fence it will run every game you currently own on if you own if you have a big ps4 category it will run those better if they can if they can achieve 60 frames a second like if they aren't frame capped they will achieve 60 frames a second mm-hmm. they will run in the highest possible resolution it will allow them to run in they will load faster. Even PS4 games, not even that were not touched for PS5, will load faster. The PS5 version of these cross-gen games will look, run perfectly, and load really fast. Mm-hmm. And for me, that makes this the best hardware ever. Like you get PC level performance without it being a PC. Right. Like the value proposition with the PS5 is sadly like still unchallenged because the GPU market's so completely fucked. Like, I'm sitting here trying to figure out, because uh, Tosh wants to get into doing, like, 3D work, trying to figure out what level of GPU to buy for that, and it's still not compelling enough, because they are doing their best to not have 
progress and not have strong price competition in the I, GPU and space, and it sucks. And I'm sure a big part of the price not lowering is one day they, they, they have no competition anymore. Mm -hmm. But another is nobody, there's going to be in, entire industries are going to collapse on and die on the hill of we, we will not go back to pre-COVID profit levels. We enjoyed the spike because everybody got into everybody had to get into gaming because there was nothing else to fucking do when you were cooped up inside. Mm -hmm. Massive increase in the market. Like when COVID started, the Switch only had like 4 million, 40 million units. Now it has 130. Is that true? I feel like yes. It was You're saying at the beginning of 2020 they only sold 40 million switches. Like uh, it was uh, it was between 40 and 50. Was, they have basically tripled their market share since COVID. Mm. Yeah, it's insane. There's a reason none of these people want to go back. And I'm like, fuck you, you have to go back. Right. I'm sorry, infinite growth forever is not a real thing. No, it's not. It's not sustainable in the fucking least. As Agro keeps saying, oops, the boundaries of a physical universe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you can't explain that to these people. They just have to die. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and we're gonna have issues until it's it's not even CEOs. Cause CEOs in non-tech fields are relatively sane. It's true. It's really weird that tech fields we, are so specifically insane about this. That's we crazy. let we let tech guys become the C leaders of all these of, of Sony and Microsoft, and now they're just broken, and will be until somebody who isn't a tech guy gets in charge again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've begun the first few steps of the rehab here by making money real again by putting an interest rate on the loans. Yeah, which which by the way, we 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 hardly talk about that. This, this the Fed said that shit ain't going down. It might go a little bit more up, but it's certainly not going down anytime soon. And Get used to money being real tech companies. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you're wondering what caused all of this insanity with uh, Epic laying off over 800 people or whatever that insane number totaled up to, mm -hmm. uh, that's why. They even were very specific about, like, we grew a lot because money was free. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, this is getting a little bit ahead of ahead like into the unity stuff with john ricitello leaving or mm -hmm. leaving a lot of analysts were like yeah he massively grew unity it's easy to do that when you can borrow infinite amounts of money for no interest mm -hmm. yeah it's really easy to grow your company when you can just throw money at it forever with no penalty well now you can't do that anymore right and, and it, oh surprise the moment he had to actually fucking perform as a leader and not just take advantage of the easiest thing in the world he left what a shock yeah, the, and for anyone who's like, well, that sounds terrible. Why would I want that? It's like, because now they have to at all remotely play in the same dimension of rules as you, a person. Yeah. They now have to exist in the same universal constant that you do, and that's only fair. Yeah, like, at the point at which you start forcing these companies to justify their existence by producing a thing of value that they can turn a profit on, they just start turning to smoke. Right, like they have to compete with other companies to try and earn a consumer. Right, that the feels like they just in, don't have to. The, right. the past ten years, we basically let like speculative investors and tech guys 
hollow out the foundation of the entire gaming industry and replace it with sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, and it, the, like the chickens are coming home to roost. Every comp, there's going to be a massive top level contraction of the gaming industry. Big publishers you thought were never going to go away are going to either go away or kneel. Like you will see, you will see EA's he- forehead on the ground. We like in the past, the slim model could be announced at a press conference and be a hype moment where you get a ton of people excited. Instead, they post it on the blog and everyone hates it. Right. Like, like to, to put this into reference, once again, three years after the PS4, they had a special event. Had everyone come out to check out the PS4 Pro and the Slim uh-huh. announced with new lower price. And it was a huge, important thing. Right. Because they cared about consumers <laughs> at all. And that's they had to compete would... with someone. Right. The ghost if of we... the 360. Yeah. Yeah. If we go back to the 360, even like 20, I think it was 2011 or 20, 2012. Yeah, yeah. They come out on stage and say, the 360S is $200 now. That most sales happen when a console is that cheaper, cheaper. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. They just don't care anymore. And it's they like, don't care about public image at all. It's an insane comparison. I this is why I focused on PS4 and PS4 Pro. But the PS3, like the cheaper models came fast. Yeah. They knew they had a problem. Right. And they did in a way that no one's having right now, except for maybe maybe Microsoft is having. But they have infinite money, problem, so they, they don't. Have, they, <laughs> So it doesn't matter. We'll get into that because I think that's about to change a little bit. Um, so anyway, I highly suspect that somehow next year, or even as Bob floated, on Black Friday, they'll somehow find a way to cut the price by $100. Right. Somehow. Coincidentally. Um, so I think the PS5 is a great system. I think it's a great way to play games. I think the features of the controller are very, very good. I look over at Bob playing the COD beta, and I have to re-confront that it is just normal for COD to run at insane frame rates now on console. Yeah, even though it looks kind of crazy good. It looks crazy good, and it's running at above 60, and it it's awesome. It's great that that's where these things are. However, it sucks that the strategy around the system ruins it. Uh Tosh was planning on, like, we were planning on getting her a PS5 Slim, because if you recall a month, maybe two ago, the, the PS5 was being clearanced, the old model, uh-huh. the current model, um, where they were doing like $100 off sales at countless different retailers. Um, so we had that conversation then, and I'm like, do you want to get it now while it's $100 off, or do you want to wait for the Slim, which we had that leaked video of to see? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I'll, I'll just wait for the Slim and get it at the cheaper price. So they announced it, but it's not at the cheaper price. She's like, well, fuck that. I'll get a PC and a Switch 2 first. And good. Fuck yeah, them. If they're not going to fucking compete, yeah. fuck these hey, motherfuckers. Yeah. Hey, Sony, I know more than one person who has said, I've gotten into retro games because I've been priced out of modern gaming with $500 consoles and $70 mm-hmm. games. You know, in, in 2019, like, do you understand how bad Nintendo's going to rip out your throat? Yeah, you're, you're letting fucked, an entire bro. you're letting an entire generation of people leave you for Nintendo because you don't want to have lower margins on your consoles. You'll still even fucking make money on it. Yep. Because for and people, it didn't, who didn't even have to be a whole hundred dollars. It could have been fifty and every cheaper, and everybody would have cheered. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
for people who don't remember, Sony was saying they weren't even losing money. They were making a little bit of money on the PS5 uh, Q1 the year after it came out. So like, right. So there's been years. January of- <laughs> to March of 2021. Go fuck yourself. Fix this fucking problem. Let's move on. Let's do Bob's news. Sure. We have some small stuff here. Uh, KOF announced the next character for King of Fighters 15. Yeah, it's Brian Badler. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Every time it's Brian Badler. They need to stop putting this guy in the game. (laughs) (laughs) I have 12 skins for him and literally no one else is even playable. But you gotta admit it was pretty hype when Shin Brian Badler showed up. <laughs> I mean, yes, everyone likes Shin Brian Badler. He's the one with the robot arm. <laughs> uh, but really, they put in Hinako Shijo. Uh, she comes out this winter. Uh, she's the sumo wrestling schoolgirl. So that's pretty cool. She has the best fucking animations, dude. It's so <laughs> funny watching her do the sumo positions and shit. And yeah, and she's that. still like really tiny. She's not like. She's huge. Not, or she's anything. not huge, so it's really great to see the stances and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I love that character. Yeah, they 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 did not release basically any gameplay footage. It's just like here's a couple seconds of her intro. They don't have to. Yeah, they just know. Yeah, the second season pass seems really good. I think they've announced all the characters for us. Like, oh wow, there's only like one I don't care about. That's impressive for a season pass. <laughs> Damn. Um, Windjammers 2 got a big update apparently just now, like mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. Uh, they added in uh, cross play. There's now lobbies for online play. How was there not that? I before? don't know. <laughs> uh, and they also added new characters and new tutorial mode stuff. So maybe it's a good time to try Windjammers 2 again. Yeah. I think that was on Game Pass at launch. I don't know if it still is. I think that is how we played it. Yeah. Yeah. Which means if you want to try Windjammers 2, just go get a hot dog. Yeah, right? (laughs) Hot dog. Hot dog game pass. Oh, my God. Um, So, Hideki Kamiya. I'm aware of him. He left uh, Platinum fully now. Happened like today. He made a YouTube channel. Uh Uh-huh. Made a little video about leaving Platinum and what he's doing now. Cool. It's like, I'm not retiring. I thought I made that clear in the tweet, but I'm not retiring. (laughs) Uh, He says he can't work in the game industry for a year because of non-compete stuff. Fuck that shit. Platinum must be so fucked. They must be unbelievably fucked if he left and was willing to tolerate a year non-compete just to get out. Mm -hmm. They're about to go off a fucking... Okay, here's a fun game. Will Platinum outlast... Kamiya's non-compete. Ooh. I think the last that long. It really is like after Being that. Being acquired though, is a fail state. Okay, well, I don't know anymore. Let's yeah, I don't rules. know anymore. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I'm going to say if that counts as death, then Platinum will die before his non-compete ends. Yeah, I also wanted to bring up Mikami also apparently his non-compete just ended. I don't remember how Which long ago he left. I think it was yeah. I think it's been about six months. Yeah, I was gonna say six yeah. six six months. That's great. 
The yeah. comedy's Cap, great. Come, cap, come, cap, come. <laughs> yeah, cap, no. <laughs> it was funny. I was having a conversation with someone. We were talking about recent games that performed well on PC uh-huh. and came out and were done yeah. and weren't $70. And it turns out we were just having a conversation about Capcom. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Only that. <laughs> Because I was talking about Resident Evil 4, and they were talking about uh, Street Fighter 6, and I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> how did they, they do it? How does it, how does it work? That's crazy. Uh, his YouTube video is mostly just him kind of goofing around in a park talking about this stuff. Cool. Uh, it's worth a watch, and I'd suggest subscribing to his channel. He says he will definitely not teach you anything, as Chris has written in here. <laughs> yes, he said, I will not make any ed educational videos. You will learn nothing from me, obviously <laughs> referencing Sakurai's YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. Some people need to be told that, sadly. Now, I know Kamiya is not going to teach me anything. He's fucking Kamiya. Right. He'll block me first. <laughs> but yeah, I... I I feel like Kami gets a kind of a weird image on some people, and I feel like this really is like, no, this is just straight him. He's just a goofy guy who's doesn't take anything seriously. Do you think yeah, the weird it, image might come from people who were jilted over being blocked? Yes, as a joke I don't on even Twitter? think I don't even think it's that. I think it's people who see him talking about blocking these people and then make up who they think he's talking to with actually out actually going and looking at the freaks he's blocking. Yeah. Gaijin Goomba. <laughs> He's not a game journalist. Dr. Agro, I hear you have news. Yeah, so interesting things over at CD Projekt Red. Uh, after three rounds of layoffs started beginning this past July, employees of CD Projekt Red have formed the Polish Game Dev Workers Union which is the English translation of a set of Polish words I will not attempt to sight read because I am not. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. no, absolutely not. <laughs> Polish is basically Welsh to me. I've got to hear it first. <coughs> yeah, uh, and this, is, uh, this, this came after several rounds of layoffs. It was yeah. basically, fuck you guys. You guys are making money hand over fist on cyberpunk and you're laying people off. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, they started last July. They said it was going to affect 9% of its staff, which is probably about 100 employees by March of 2024. Uh, in a statement made in July by Adam Kaczynski, uh, who was then and is still now, I believe, the CEO. He hasn't stepped down yet. Said uh, this was part of the... Let's see, part of a strategy that is an ongoing process of several deep transformations within the studio, which we consider key to making quality games on time and without crunch. After reshaping our development process and incorporating, capital A, agile methodologies, we're now focusing on refining the shape of our teams. So it's very important that we avoid crunch by firing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, this new union, the Polish Game Dev Workers Union, is actually open to anybody working in Poland in the game dev industry, whether you're dev, QA, if you work in marketing, as long as you work in the game development industry, uh, even if you're a contractor, as long as that contract is in Poland, you are uh, eligible to sign up. It's apparently under... Uh, a larger Polish trade union organization, uh, which 
I don't know if this is supposed to be said or spelled out O-Z-Z space I-P, which is an even longer string of Polish words that I <laughs> cannot sight read. Thank you so much. It, I thought this was a like CG Project Red and another like major game studio were involved in this, like the workers from some other big one over there were. Maybe I'm just mixing wires. I didn't see anything about another studio being involved yet. Okay. Um, like I said, it's it's not just CD Projekt Red that this is open to, mm-hmm. uh, but that's where it started and what they're focusing on right now. Interestingly, this means that the employees of C- CD Projekt Red Vancouver are not eligible to join this union, being Canadian and whatnot. Right. I forgot that existed. Okay. Well, that's great news. Uh, hey, Chris, do you yeah, have any other please. great news? Uh, here's some news I uh, didn't didn't write down because it happened like right before I became aware of it, like right before we went live. Uh, so, you know AI? Vaguely familiar. Yeah, heard of it. Uh, n- none of it's profitable at all. No shit. Right. Yeah, of course not. Uh, you don't know. You, you're not ready for how unprofitable AI is. So Microsoft launched a thing called GitHub Copilot, which was one of the more successful usages of AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs $10 a month. A lightweight user uses $30 a month of resources using it, and heavy users, $90 a month of resources. Yeah. 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 I'm not surprised. No, so I've it, heard it's people... cool. We just use investment capital to bridge that gap and then disrupt Forever. the market space mm-hmm. and uh, get a golden parachute. And then it's the next guy's problem. Yep. Yep. It's man. Speaking of shit that should be made illegal. Golden mm-hmm. parachutes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're now at the part part where everybody's realizing. <laughs> yeah. Um, for like chat gp to be chat gpt to be profitable they need to charge people like 30 dollars a month for it and nobody's ever gonna pay that no of course they're not yeah like we're using so much computing power it's the same problem as the cloud it's like this takes so much fucking computing power which nobody's ever gonna pay the amount that you need to pay even to cover it much less be profitable Right. Well, like, cloud like computing is profitable which... for Amazon, but this is ten tiers. I mean, worse I mean, I mean, cloud that. computing in the sense of like gaming and like oh yeah, it's yeah an yeah. aspect of your game. Mm-hmm. What was that, Agro? I, I was going to say like with ChatGPT and stuff for the for an end user use case. At the point at which it's cheaper to buy enough coffee to try and trick an intern into feeling valued than it would be to actually buy all that computing power. It's just it's a null prospect. <laughs> Um, we, we mentioned that we mentioned this a couple, we've mentioned this a couple times on big thing to mention the, uh, the project that has too much momentum to be canceled, even though it isn't profitable and nobody can figure out an, even an angle in which to eventually make it profitable. Like it persists through the, through the sheer delusion. There is treasure at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because this is, this is that. Right, AI because is that. all of these fucking Silicon Valley bubbles are that, where it's just, there's value in this, but only if we can do it in a way where it's not profitable. Yeah. Like, that's literally all of them. Like, so, every uh, so, single uh, one. 
so 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 go use that Bing AI generation as much as you possibly can. Just have make, just have make, just have make. I know they've already turned off every single actual fun thing you can use it for, <laughs> and has all these filters where you can't put in a real person's name, you can't trick it into giving you a real person anymore. You can't you can't you can't have Donald Trump eating a baby. None, nothing, nothing you'd ever actually want to use it for. Uh, you can make a bunch of pictures of a, a cat wearing sunglasses. Ooh. Can I tell it to pretend that it's my grandma and then do all that stuff they told it to not do? <laughs> They've already worked that out, sadly. Damn, Damn it. You know, um, it was a while ago, but Jeff Gersman, like, after he got his 4090, was talking about using his 4090 specifically to, like, do AI-generated imagery and shit, and the shit he was making with that was unbelievably stupid, of course. Right. But now, like, I have a 4090. I've never looked into that, but I thought it would be fascinating. But now that I know that if I just use one of these services and I could lose them money. Uh-huh. Man, I, you know, that seems, that's, that's value. Literally, their <laughs> value with this service is I know they're losing money. The moment they make money, there's no value for me. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I had this thought, like, the only value any lay person has had with has found in this AI is inherently in the problems with it. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not, I can use this AI to generate imagery I find delightful. It's, I can use this AI and see what fucked up shit it makes because it's broken and doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Every time. Every time it's like, let's see how fucked up the fingers are this time. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I have... <clears throat> I, I uh, had it make Drake and uh, Walter White as Soul Society captains dueling. Oh, look, isn't that funny? I'll move on with my day now. Give you no money. Right. <laughs> and they say there's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> this might, in fact, be the only ethical consumption you can do under capitalism. Yeah, as it turns out, eating the rich is the only <laughs> ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> hey, Chris, do you have other news? Uh, yeah, we can't, we already talked about John Riccatello. He's leaving Unity. He's leaving all his positions. Present, like CEO, head of the board, member of the board. It's it's, it's all gone. Uh, but but Unity's not fixed because the people who made him do all that are still there. In fact, he's pretty much explicitly being used as a scapegoat. I mean, that's that's entirely possible. I want to see what they do after this. I, I think they're pretty cooked. Like, I don't see how you can bring people back. By using John Riccatello as a sacrificial lamb and then rolling back I, some policies. Yeah. If they, you if can they... roll those policies back, but it, what, what I think they really fucked them was just suddenly going, we're changing the contract you already signed. Right. Sue us if you don't like it. No business. Businesses will eat a shit sandwich they won't deal with a shit sandwich suddenly showing up on their doorstep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, the like when you, when you break into the number one is stability. And when you break out the Calvin ball rules, you lose everybody. Yeah. Their only hope is that they are entrenched enough at this point that just sheer momentum carries them through this. Mm -hmm. mm. 
which is entirely possible. I'm sure there are a lot of devs who didn't want a voice that they don't want to change because all of their experience and stuff is with Unity. Right, a lot of people have just built their entire ecosystem around that, so they can't. Which is weird because I can't remember, not even ecosystem, their entire fucking knowledge. Yes. Their entire knowledge base built around that. I can't remember if it was fucking John Carmack or fucking Jonathan Braid. <laughs> But one of the two of them was talking about how many years of experience are specifically not with making 3D games or engines, but with working with Unity or Unreal Engine, but then they'll patch in that'll change the nature of the knowledge you gained anyway. So at some point it stops being useful, applicable knowledge and becomes trivia. That is astronomically worse when it's like, you now can't use Unity because they fucked you. Mm -hmm. So you either stick with it because that's what you know, or you... And probably cause yourself some major financial problems, or you switch and you have to relearn years of bullshit. Yeah. Let's move on. <clears throat> uh, Tom Clancy's XD RAR, or to put it less stupidly, uh, X Defiant, I'm has been delayed. Less stupidly. <laughs> uh, has been delayed indefinitely due to quote unquote problems. I'm going to tell you what those the two of those problems are. Hmm. Uh, the one problem is, oh, fuck, we developed this entire thing to fill the hole of a no COD year and COD is coming out. That was problem number one. Hmm. Problem number two is Ubisoft now owns the streaming rights to Call of Duty for the next 15 years because that was one of the fucky wucky deals Microsoft had to sign to try and get the UK off their back. Ubisoft for the next 15 years has the cloud streaming rights for every Activision game. They get to sell them. They get to decide who gets them. I think they only have those rights in the UK or Europe. I can't remember. I don't think they got global rights. But they got something that they made this game specifically to compete with, with, to compete with Call of Duty in a year with no Call of Duty. Yes. It was to take advantage of that. So now there is a Call of Duty and they now have financial investment in the future of Call of Duty. I mean, they definitely spent longer on this than the knowledge that this year wouldn't have a Call of Duty because we've been dealing with it at trade shows for longer than we've known that for certain. Yeah. Um, honestly, this hit me more as every company you can see is becoming aware live service games are done. Which yeah. is to say Fortnite is done. I feel like they... It's I, the same thing I'm, of like they it, just got the the, 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 the the back and they're like we learned a lot, right? It's and the we, same thing as fucking uh God, what was the name of that game? Yeah, the um, Sega one. Yeah, hyenas. 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 I was like Hades. No, <laughs> I I assume this is just going to be canceled and never actually come out. Like it'll, I, it'll I do just think be that's silently canceled, or it'll be like April of next year and die immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's starting to... Hey, the money's real again. Yeah. So, like, everyone's burnt out on yeah, live I service need, games. I need, I need everybody to, know, to, to understand this. Imagine being told your loans are no longer 0.01% interest rate. They're now 5% interest rate, yearly, of course. Mm -hmm. And that was enough to decapitate this entire game genre because it, it, was, it was a lottery. It was borrowing money to play the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. It literally was that. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
And the weird thing is, this isn't the only one of those. It feels like every major project at EA has been like, well, we can spend forever making it because if we make it successfully, we'll sell infinite copies. And then it just keeps... Hey, Wild Hearts. Hey, uh, hey Immortals of Avium. Hey, Need for Speed Unbound, which apparently has some weird roguelike shit in it. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Dead Space Remake, allegedly. I mean, all of those shipped. I'm, I'm looking at fucking Dragon Age. Where it's just like, we can keep pushing that back until it sells God of War numbers. And it's like, well, now you can't. <laughs> yeah, now you can't. Baldur's Gate 3 came out. <laughs> a thing you're going to be compared very directly to. That's okay. The huge genre change will help them dodge that uh, comparison. Yeah, then those be compared to God of War. And that's, and that's all. <laughs> Man, I, I hope Sony's like, uh, here's, here's, a ton, here's like the Miles Morales-sized God of War coming out right on top of Dragon Age 4. <sighs> That would be incredible. <laughs> they, they should they, they should do some of those Miles Morales sized games anyway, considering they seemingly have nothing fucking else because they put everything into service games. Uh huh. They have Ghost of Tushima, DS2, Wolverine, Wolverine, Rise of the Ron and the Koei Tecmo thing. Yeah, and aside from that, I don't know what else. Yeah, I feel yeah, like those house, are the only non-service things we have announced. Housemark's game can't be that close to done because they just moved studios in the middle of development. So I bet there's at least a year and a half to two years on whatever that is. Right. Assuming it wasn't a service game. Yeah. I'm going to assume it wasn't a service game. Because we had pretty, pretty good details on who all was making what service games, and they weren't one of them. Okay. That's something, at least. Yeah. Uh Fucking so good luck, mission. Sony London, with your fucking, what was it, medieval shooter uh, I think Something with magic and dragons, possibly modern day, but with magic. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was there, oh. Burn the Witch. God damn it, you say that every... <clears throat> anyway. Anyway, uh, so, Front Mission Remake came out last year. Nobody spoke about it. Nobody really looked at it. Uh, but it seemed to be mostly fine. It turned out to be mostly fine because uh, that one had an English version they could just take all the text from. Oh, okay. And then, uh -huh. they, and then they remade uh, Front Mission 2, which came out very recently. It was machine translated. Yeah, because oh. that one's never been released in English. Oh. And that's why people were so excited for this release. And the uh, translation seems incredibly rough. <sighs> that's terrible. Because the game doesn't even look good. It, it looks hideous because forever entertainment mm -hmm. so yeah it, it, it's worth noting apparently square enix has nothing to fucking do with these remakes at all their yeah. their their involvement was forever paying them money to be allowed to remake them they're not publishing they have no development angle whatsoever yep that's messed up be it's <laughs> because as dog shit as square enix is on the production side to which uh in a recent thing that the lead, the current CEO flat out said, "Yeah, we have producers taking too many projects on at once, so they can't supervise them, and then the pro quality turns out bad." You noticed? Uh, <laughs> we noticed. You, I'm glad you did finally. <laughs> Jesus. But they they wouldn't have shipped this, and this is like. Remember when people were like, "They made a terrible remake of Panzer Dragoon. Give them Chrono Trigger." Oh, yeah yep. yeah that infuriated me but there, there's no way they're gonna fix it like I, there's no way they're gonna be like yeah we'll we'll hire people to fix this game that sold nothing yeah because we'll they're an entire it's localization not, team it's not their fucking ip they gain nothing from losing money to improve the quality of the thing to save face yeah that's 
it's insane. I don't. I mean, they, I mean, if they want to continue getting permission to do these remakes from various companies, they might need to care a little bit. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I. When I see what they did with Panther Dragoon remake. I don't think people go, oh, these guys are doing a really good job with RP. Now we'll let them do it. I assume the 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 understanding is, oh, they made a product. And that's all that fucking matters. Yeah, let them have fucking front mission. Who gives a shit? Yeah, didn't they do some yeah, awful I, House of the Dead remakes too? Yes. Okay. Yes, they did. Yeah, Sega and Square are just letting them slum it up in their fucking retro IPs because, you know, why would you give a shit about a valuable IP? They're all they're also allegedly going to um do a front mission three remake they which sure at least are. It, that, that one got localized yeah so they have they have text to steal i that's so messed up they should be crucified for this like they shouldn't be allowed to work on anything ever again if you release a missing translated nonsense rpg i, I, I mean, assume they're just going to go out of business pretty soon because they're in like they're in like the embracer big circle like they're not owned by embracer but they're close enough in like spiritual space <laughs> that I feel like they're just going to suddenly go out of business because interest went up. But I mean, everything you just said, Bob, is what I said for, because of the Panzer Dragoon. Oh, right? yeah, that of course. That thing is only acceptable to people with Stockholm Central for Panzer Dragoon who do not appreciate the artistry of the original game. Yeah. That thing is such a budget Man. piece of shit fucking remake. Yeah, they. I should, play, I should play Panzer Dragoon Orta in 4K on the Series X. Yes, it's fucking dope. <laughs> it is so good. Man, it's so Christ. cool that Microsoft quit the coolest thing about their, their platform. It sure is, baby. Now they have no competitive advantage <laughs> because Sony has their own shitty Game Pass. Uh, so, so admittedly, Activision, Sony's uh, shitty Game Pass I found out recently had every game I wanted to buy on the Amazon sale. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I guess I could, I could play Room Factory 4 Special. I already have it. And Sakura of Rice and Ruin. And there's a third one. And I just kept doing this over and over. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I have access to a lot of games. What the fuck? Yeah, I think it also had 13 Sentinels on there. Yes, it did. Ooh, play 13 Sentinels. Play 13 Sentinels. Play 13 Sentinels. Uh, so Activision says that Hey, we know that you guys are like, oh, uh, the the deal is allegedly closing next next week. Um, you you want to know when Call of Duty and Diablo Four will be on Game Pass? Uh, not in twenty twenty three. And it's worth noting that during all the million trials, they implied maybe not in twenty for not like day one Game Pass, maybe not in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five either. So about what I've said multiple times that Call of Duty will never be day one Game Pass. Yeah, it would be just suicide. <laughs> like, that would just be wasting money. But that's... They've insisted it would be. And I know. The fans, the fans were dumb enough to believe them. It's like, guys, they're going to find an excuse forever. They're going to be like, oh, but we signed all these billion fucky-wucky contracts with Sony and Nintendo and everybody else. You know, we, we, we really... It's really too much. It's too hard. It just can't happen. You know, you'll, you'll get it eight months later. It's like, I think, I'm going to assume this deal will go through at this point, mm -hmm. because they wouldn't even say this if there was still real doubt. We're going to see a dramatic change at Microsoft tonally. Uh, I, think, I think the era of Phil Spencer having a blank check from Microsoft leadership is probably over. 
This deal is using up more than half of Microsoft's cash on hand. They cannot borrow more money now. Yeah, because yeah. they got the go-ahead on this when, you know... Interest rates weren't, you know, real. When money wasn't real. And now they're doing it now when interest rates Hey, are how real. did that go for Embracer, by the way, when they bought a bunch <laughs> of shit when money wasn't real? Great, they're doing fine. Everybody okay. loves Microsoft, that. Cool. Microsoft didn't have to borrow money to do those purchases, though. Right, like right. Like, but money we're, we're is heading. real now, so they money do have real. limits. Money is real. We're pr Like, despite Phil going, there's going to be more acquisitions... I think we're probably done just because they don't want to burn through more cash on hand when we're on the verge of a recession. If like that's a fast way to to for Microsoft to collapse instantly. For what? Xbox? No way. I bet if Microsoft is as healthy as they are right now a year from now mm -hmm. overall that Kamiya makes a studio with Microsoft's money. I was actually going the other way. Of, I think that he left because Platinum's being bought by them. One yeah. of us will be correct. I was kind of with Bob. I, I was worried about I that. I think it's more likely NetEase Studio. Because um, to put it bluntly, Microsoft doesn't seem to think any company in Japan is actually valuable other than Nintendo. It'd be funny mm. if they did that, if they did buy Platinum with the thought of, yeah, then we can get that half-made uh, scale bound that was almost ready to ship, and then the, the director, the director just when they tried to buy him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that does seem like, kar karmically, what keeps happening to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that Phil Spencer got called into uh, Not Yet Sedea's, Sedea's office and is like, okay, motherfucker, it's time to deliver. $80 yeah. billion dollars of acquisitions in the past five years to save Xbox. You better fucking save Xbox. And of course he can't. It's beyond him. I don't think it's beyond Phil Spencer to save Xbox. I think he just doesn't know how and the systems aren't there to incentivize him to do the correct things either. Because yeah. the corporate structure of Microsoft. That's, that's, that's what that means. He can't do it. He does not have the capacity. Right, like they're, they're trapped. The just, they're trapped, just like they were trapped. They trapped themselves with the Series S, where they can't stop supporting the Series S. It's most of their user base, but it's also losing them third-party games, and games are already starting to come out that might as well not exist on that platform. Like a Warp Dark Tide Two, I think it's called. Oh yeah, came yeah. out recently and is unplayable on Series S. Like, it, it runs underwater. Yeah, that was unreal. Saw that footage. I was like, guys, this footage is frame-capped at 30. How bad can it... Oh. <laughs> so so now they're, they're stuck in this position of, well, we trained everybody to not buy our games, but we can't make money if they don't buy our games, so we can't put our games on Game Pass... So but if we don't put our games on Game Pass, nobody will buy them. Wait a but second. if they did don't buy them, we can't make money. Didn't we just talk about how tech startups have this really great idea for a thing that's really appealing, but only in the context where they make no money? Uh-huh. Huh. It's okay. They'll have early access to the games if they give us $70. Yeah. Speaking of which, we haven't really brought that up on Big Thing, but that's really starting to piss me off how many times it's like, oh, this if you buy the game, it actually launches a week earlier or something and i'm like then it's not day one on game pass it certainly Sm isn't <laughs> smartest smartest marketing plot in years because it just ensures 
the only people talking about your game for the first whole week are marks. Yes, no, mm -hmm. it's true. But yeah, like I think we're definitely going to see the the end of Phil Spencer flouncing around being real flowery and talking about all the big the big Xbox family, all these all we're going to do a bunch more acquisitions. I think it's going to be a, a pretty swiftly shifting into we got to start making fucking money. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they, not, and they're not gonna. They spent a lot of money. They got to start making a lot of money. That's okay. I'm sure like, that um, I'm sure that you know Kojima Cloud Games going to be extremely profitable. Yeah, I yeah. need you guys to under. I need like I need people like this is so much money. Seventy billion dollars is a number the human mind was not equipped to comprehend. That yeah. is more money than Microsoft has spent on Xbox. From inception to now times at least four. What? $70 billion. $70 billion. Yeah, that's... I, I feel like that's insane. <laughs> $70 billion. Remember, how, a billion is a thousand million. Right, how, yes. How many... How many uh, small nations this is higher than the, 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 the gdp the gdp of, to put, to yeah put it another way to put it another way for the cost of this game sony could make 280 horizon forbidden wests and they do it too <laughs> yeah don't threaten them with that they will take that offer <laughs> good fucking god like it's ast an astronomical amount of money as as Activision seems to be heading off a cliff in a lot of ways. Right, yeah. Yeah, because everything is just we got we get Call of Duty out each year. Everything else has been sacrificed. And and micro and Microsoft didn't even give a shit about that. Microsoft just wanted King. We found that out already. They just that's wanted what, mobile shit. That's what they said. And who knows if that will even hold. This is like the end of so many eras. <clears throat> Real games are coming to phones. Everybody says, well, people won't buy real games on phones. No, they wouldn't buy Super Mario Run on phones. They will. Pro they might actually buy Resident Evil 4 Remake on phones. Especially with younger and younger people getting into playing games on phones. We have Genshin Impact on phones now. We have um, Honkai Star Rail on phones now. Mm -hmm. We have these, like, the, 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 the paradigm is shifting and Microsoft might have just bought a seven hundred, a seventy billion dollar empty bag. Yeah, I can't believe this happened. How could they do this to them? <laughs> uh, let, let's let's talk about something else shitty. Sure. So, uh, Hairbrained Schemes—they're the developers of the new Shadowrun games: Shadowrun Returns, Shadowrun Dragonfall, Shadowrun Hong Kong, and BattleTech, the new BattleTech game, has been gutted. 80% of staff laid off. They're owned by Paradox Entertainment. Um, this happened in July before their new game came out, which I didn't know was by them because it is, instead of being a sequel to either of their successful game lines, uh, Paradox didn't want them to do that because both of those franchises are owned by Microsoft and Microsoft took a cut. So instead they had them make a whole new thing called Lamplighters League, which... I vaguely recall seeing once. <laughs> what kind of game is that even? <laughs> it is it is it is a it is like a tactical RPG like Battle Battle Tech and 
Shadowrun, mm-hmm. but it's like you're a 1930s pulp adventurer doing going on adventures and investigating like like Atlantis and okay. shit like that. Okay, so it is a single player game because that name makes me think it's some awful multiplayer thing. It is a single player game. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea this was even a thing. Yeah, everybody I know who would have been interested in this game didn't know it existed. It's just Paradox is real bad about this. It's like how I actually knew people who got Marvel Midnight Suns and they're like, this is like a cool RPG where you hang out with yourself insert with Marvel characters and have cool conversations with them. I'm like, should have been in any of the marketing material. Maybe that game would have sold more than five copies. Yeah. Like, and, and they're just gone now. It's over. That sucks. Yeah, this doesn't even look bad. Yeah. Like, visually, I, I thought it would look way cheaper, but no, it... Wow. And they had decided this was going to fail before it came out. Yeah. Always a great that's, look. That's, that's mm. probably why it was day one Game Pass. You know, the only situation <laughs> in which somebody gets to be day one Game Pass. Unless mm. it's a tiny indie dev that is scared for their own survival. Mm-hmm. Minor thing. Um, allegedly, Disney investors are pressuring Bob Iger to buy a big game publisher to make their games for them. Uh, to which I respond, why does every company do this? We can do this ourselves and make our own cut. Why Take the cut that we would give them for ourselves. Why should we do that? Because you don't know how to do that, dumbass. Right? It's so weird watching Disney specifically go into and out of this exact space over and over and over again. I know. Like, we even had this when they were like, we we signed a deal with only EA to make make our uh, games. And it's like, well, they're all bad now. Well, that was when they got out of making the games. I know, right? They've been in multiple times. Oh, yes. Multiple times. Disney has done this over and over. First, it was like the cycle is exhausting. We 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 don't want to run a gaming thing, so we're shutting down LucasArts mm-hmm. when they got Star Wars. We're gonna sell. We're gonna let EA do Star Wars. Oh, they're all bad except for Jedi. We're gonna only partner with experienced developers that have delivered quality products in the past, and every one of those projects, other than Spider Man, has been a dud. Avengers, Guardians, Midnight Suns, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, hey, 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 Disney, the problem's probably on your end. What? No. I, I know that we, ha- we on this podcast have a very publicly avowed stance on corporate takeovers and acquisitions, and I know that you shouldn't root for them ever to happen, but I cannot express to you how funny I find the idea of Disney buying Ubisoft. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> really? I, I, I really need that to happen. I need that to happen bad. Ubisoft or EA, because EA has also floated the idea in recent years of being on the market for an acquisition. I, this is Ubisoft. Like, how many thousands of employees did we find out? Twenty thousand. Nobody else in the industry has even half of that. Activision is like ten thousand. The thought of Disney trying to manage that. They're how like, much, how many okay, layoffs? This Good Avatar Lord. game was great. You're going to have to make one every year. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's Disney. So get ready for Tom Clancy's Assassin's Creed starring Daredevil. <laughs> Great. Jesus. And, and the last thing, SNK has launched the SNK Universe Project, which is really just fancy speak for we're going to try and make things based on the SNK IPs. It's wow. worth noting... It's worth noting the last time they tried this, they fucking went out of business, but they have Saudi money now, so that can't happen. <laughs> so we're looking forward to another movie. Oh man. Probably. Another... Hopefully it'll be another Obari movie. That'd be great. I was thinking more live action. Yeah. Maybe starring oh. the, the main character of or the, the director of uh John Wick. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's do it. God, they they should get the director of like of of Kong Skull Island. They should get him to do a Metal Slug movie. Oh God, you know what? Fact, yeah, no, that's true. Or they should get the studio that did a uh, Spider Verse to do a Metal Slug movie. Mm. No, Spider Verse people should handle the Athena movie. <laughs> yeah, obviously, <laughs> which they will call Psycho Soldier. Just so you know, it's legit. Oh, okay. So that Athena. I was thinking yeah. classic Athena. No, just a little bit newer Athena. The second game, not yes. the first. That would that would be good. Any excuse to to get a new version of that song, I'll take. Yeah, any. Literally any. Can oh, you, you lost a hundred million dollars. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> no, I don't. But you made a live action Athena movie, so I'm happy. Right. That's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Well, it's the Spider Verse people. Yeah, so I know. really it's I know like insane you... CG. <laughs> uh but that's it. That's it for the gaming news. Wow. So much gaming news. That, yeah. Yeah, not really yeah, that much. Not for this year. <laughs> yeah. Pretty calm week, actually. Actually, yes. Um, the unthinkable is happening tomorrow. Yeah. Dr. Agro will join us for Friday's stream. Oh, shit. For real? Of Ratchet and Clank Deadlocked. <laughs> Oh, I think I think I caught that cold. No, no, it's, you guys it's, have had. it's okay. We're already sick, so you can't make us sick again by coming over and playing Ratchet and Clank Deadlocked. Now, people, you need to understand this wasn't an easy thing to set up for tomorrow. The PlayStation Network tried to trick us into downloading Full Frontal Assault twice. I'm not even kidding. Every time Bob clicked it, it was like, no, you want this one. Please, Full Frontal Assault's good, actually. Here's 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 a really high-res image. But it says here on the download list, Ratchet Click Full Frontal Assault. We went to the PlayStation page, and it literally kept downloading that instead of Deadlock proper. <laughs> Absolutely insane. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's ready for tomorrow. Ratchet's excited. Look at him. Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> Um, I won! I won! Yay! Uh, Chris, what do you got going on? On Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, I am streaming Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I've heard many here's, things here, about Dante's here's Inferno. Some things, here are some things about the marketing of Dante's Inferno. Things, EA did such things as mail reviewers $200 checks and dare them to cash them. What? 
Because it would be sinful to take oh the bribe. God. Oh my god. Uh, male reviewers wooden boxes that played Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up and could only be stopped by destroying it with a hammer that was also in the package. And if they destroyed it, there was a note inside the box that said, you have given in to the sin of wrath. Wrath is when there, you solve a problem the only way that exists to solve the problem. <laughs> uh, they when did a contest where you would get to spend a night with two hot booth babes in a way that is framed like they will fuck you. Because that uh, would they be also, sinful. <laughs> they also hired protesters to pretend to be Christians oh, and that's... protest the game. And then, <laughs> and they actually name dropped an actual church nearby where the fake protests happened and that had to come out and say, uh, this wasn't fucking us. What? Yeah. It, um, <laughs> wild times. I knew about some of these. Not that one. I remember as, as these stories were coming out going, wow, this game must be shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all it made me think. Yeah. Please, please come show up. I'm, I'm not sure if YouTube believe like there's YouTube videos of this game up, but I don't know if YouTube will decide, well, well, well this video of Satan's cock and balls is not. Right, um, you don't know, or or it might or it might take a umbrage with some of the really gross imagery, like aborted children crawling out of a gigantic demonic set of breasts. Just a very unpleasant game. Please be excited. <laughs> There's literally nothing nice about this. Come watch. <laughs> <sighs> but that's gonna do it for this episode. A big thing to mention. Goodbye. Wait, Chris, what day is that? I said it's Saturday. Saturday. It's Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. At, at 3 p.m. Eastern. Bob, it's your turn. This podcast was only possible because of your support on Patreon. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast today. Is that right? You give me a look. What? No, that's, okay. that's the right one. Okay, good. Yeah, jump on there to help <laughs> us get through the day. It's how we actually able to make these. Thank you so much. Hey, Bob, you know what I thought about that? Yeah. It's ass. Oh. <laughs>